Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Now it's like, mmm. And the kids are like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and I was like, mmm, impish. And I started running. Killian ran out the front door and he like ran down the street. Because <laughs> nice, he didn't want to be beaten with your cinnamon. Oh yeah, no, exactly. I was room. like, impish. Admirable. So yes, no, no, he did not want to be beaten with my uh, cinnamon broom. It yeah. smelled good actually when I hit him with it, but uh, you know, so. <laughs> when you beat your child, when I beat my child broom. with it, I was like, "Ah oh, man, that smells yeah. good." Yankee yeah. Candles got nothing on this. <laughs> smells like cinnamon. cinnamon and pain and misery. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah. that's their new flavor. That's their new exactly. candle they're releasing. Cinnamon and regret. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Warlando. Uh, this is Adam, and we also have Nicholas, and and we have Mark. Adam, Nicholas, and Mark. Here yes. we are, Warlando. We haven't recorded recorded in a little while. Yeah, we, had, it's we been took a little, a little bit of a break. Yeah, no, exactly. We, we've been waiting for our editor, who's just way behind. Oh, that guy is lazy. God, he doesn't know what he's guy. doing. He dozes off at the wheel. He does. Mm. He's just yeah. been he's been holding everything up. But here we are for <laughs> now. This is our fourth episode. Well, I don't. I shouldn't even say that. We might release it in a different order. This is the fourth time we're sitting down to record. Yeah, <laughs> officially, officially to record. Yeah. And what are we going to talk about tonight, fellas? Oh, we're going to talk about the realm of Gur. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gur, the realm of beasts. The realm of beast Gur. But I feel like you're right. I think yeah, you, I know, you did that yeah, cat sound. Exactly. I want to go. I want to go. Gur. 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 Right. And I didn't tell you I was going to do the cat sound. I mean, maybe I should have told you. To do no, I, I right. appreciate it. Back it was to one, guys. Let's go. No. Spontaneous and yeah, natural. Like, and it was. I didn't uh, really mean to do that. I was just. Oh yeah, I like. Uh, I like that. I think it's how everyone should say it from now on. Yeah. All right. Grr. But but you also got to get your hands yeah, up like and like, claw, a, like, like a, a cat. like a creeper. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like a creep, creep yeah. Get, or whatever. Get the, the talons. <laughs> like we're doing the musical cats. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. And, and yeah. that entire play takes place in the realm of beasts. That's oh. that's play What? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. mind blown right oh. now. Okay. <laughs> Holy hell. That's a totally different uh, aspect of it. Then. We yeah. need to pause yeah, right now. We need yeah. to pause. And we need to go dress up into cat outfits. You're not. I'm wearing yeah. mine under this. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you came prepared. See, yeah, he, got, Adam is always thinking ahead. <laughs> I've got my my um, what, what my tabby your, tights. Your, t- your tabby leotard. Yes, exactly. Your tabby leotard. I've oh, got running right with this, and I, I was gonna say this for you guys. I, I uh, if I were to ever open my own gay bar. I would definitely call it the realm of beasts. Oh, that is the awesome. realm of deep. No, no, the I realm see. of beasts. I, I do like that. Yes, I, I was think thinking you were going to go with Tabby Leotard. Tabby Leotard. <laughs> Tabby Leotard. <laughs> no, that's that... my that's my DJ name. When oh, I spin, <laughs> that I spin is awesome. Nightclub. I love it in your Leotard. <laughs> yeah, in my Leotard. Oh my god! And you're gonna have the cat whiskers and everything. Oh my god! I can oh, just picture great. this. I obsess. You're gonna be very successful in life. I I think so. I feel yeah. that way. Yeah. When I was a kid, my mom loved the show Cats. And we yeah. went and saw it. Toronto has a big um, theater scene as well. It's like Broadway North. 
and we went to Toronto twice to see wow. Kingston. It's like a two-hour drive. It's a big deal when I was a kid mm. to drive to Toronto and watch Cats uh, live on stage. So we went and saw that one twice, and then we got three kittens and named them after characters from Cats. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yep. Oh. Uh, Growl Tiger, Rumpel Teaser, and Rum Tum Tugger were the three <laughs> cats we had named after characters from the play Cats. Oh my gosh. I've yep. never seen the play Cats, and I feel like I'm missing so much. You're missing us. a lot. We're, we're totally oh my missing. God. Well, after this podcast, uh, we're sitting down and we're going to watch it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And Let's get this be over with. That, 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 yeah. I know, exactly. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's it, folks. Uh, that's it. We got. So you said mm-hmm. that you went to go see that in Toronto. That's a long way away from Orlando. It is a bit of a ways from in Canada, Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Yes. But we are now recording in Orlando. Yes. yes. Hence the name Warlando, which is a popular name amongst several different communities in Orlando. But mm. we are keeping it for Warhammer yeah. in Orlando. Warlando. That's yeah. us. That's yeah. who yes. we are. Warhammer gaming in general, actually. So, yeah. you know. Because we play the D and D, Warhammer, other tabletop games like sure, Silver Tower, Silver yeah. Tower, Forty K, Forty K, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, exactly. A little Star yeah. Wars too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. there. A little X Wing, X Wing, Legion. We gotta get that going on again. Yeah, yeah. we're due. So, Brad's yeah. back in town no, soon, exactly. so we sit down. Mm-hmm. We do a nice yep. big four player game. Well, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. And I just built that ATST model. We, or no, the, oh, AT, the AT. AT-AT model. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Got to put that on the table. Yeah, found it at some local market. Someone was selling a 1983 Return of the Jedi edition AT-AT model that was almost the right scale, but it was right in between. So it doesn't fit Star Wars Legion. It doesn't fit X-Wing. Yeah, but I think it's a little closer to X-Wing. Mm-hmm. So... And what you gave it to me like on a Sunday, and I you put it together. Post- <laughs> I built it by a Tuesday yeah. or something. So yeah, within the hour, he was just like, <laughs> something, you know, we had a little function going on. He was like, yeah, yeah screw all of you guys, and putting this together. Where'd Nicholas go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. He's <laughs> off in the corner, <laughs> doing the really important stuff. And I think that's actually where we wound up to. Well, so if you're, if you're talking to any of us, that is the important <laughs> yeah, stuff. Right. That like paying bills and fixing up the house, <laughs> taking care of the family. Forget that. We need to take care of our gaming models. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, priority. Mm -hmm. Priority one. (laughs) Well, okay, so speaking of that, uh, Nicholas, what else have you been doing hobby-wise, gaming-wise? Jeez. Well, so I I got Star Wars Legion, and I've been um, building that. I've put the models together. I've played a little bit uh, with Brad, and then... um, I got that model from you, the ATAT. I got a couple models from Black Friday that I put together, the ATST, Leia, and General Veers. So I've got these models put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to play more. Um, I don't definitely have um, 800 points, which I think is the standard for Legion uh, games, kind of like in Age of Sigmar is like 2,000 points. to be So 800 standard. for Legion. Yeah, 800 would be standard for Legion. Um, I don't think I have 800 for either side, but I'm getting pretty close. I don't think I need to have 800. Um, I just think that I need to have enough to play what I want to play. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to paint them, just to put them on my dresser or my shelf and just yeah. look at them. I think will be enough fun. I've also been working at converting a lot of my older 
like eighth edition armies to the new Age of Sigmar standard of circle bases. Mm-hmm. They've all been on square bases. I have a whole dwarf army of so many, so many points. I have a whole orcs and goblins army of so many, so many points. And I made two lists, one in um, orcs and, you know, for oryx, uh, greenskins uh, faction. And then I made another one for the Duarden faction. And I took those lists and I converted them over to circle bases. Nice. So that's what I've been doing. You told me recently something about Star Wars Legion that made me infuriated. Uh-oh. Do you remember what it was you told me? That Imperial Assault models are not the same scale as Legion models. Oh my god. I know. That makes me so mad. It's stupid. It is insane. Why? Oh god, why? That makes me so you can't interchange if you have a Princess Leia in Imperial Assault and you use her in Legion, she's not gonna be the same size. Right. It? Even if you just went and bought the expansion pack for the cards and the tokens and whatever. Yeah. Just be able to just to be able to use the model that you've painted right. for Imperial Assault to then use it for Legion, it's like so, come on. So which one is like the larger of the scale legion legion all right so legion yeah so, and they're so. just uh just yeah. a little bit it's so it's like and, and you have a leia for which one i i, well, I have uh several imperial assault yeah. models oh, that imperial I've been assault, so all right I, so they're gonna I, be smaller so they're gonna be yeah okay so it's not like the other way around where it's gonna be like a primaris leia right you know? no yeah. it's not oh, okay <laughs> it's not drastic but yeah. say you you've already it's got one ten. head higher is yeah. what it is. It's is like it, one I mean, head higher. But that's still like one head higher. It's like if you're you know. scale, it's five foot Leia versus six foot Leia. If you were to like market to like human. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like five. Yeah. You'd be like five, five Leia to five, 12. <clears throat> yeah. No. Be six feet. Yeah. That's going to bother the hell out of me. Aren't yeah. you a little yeah. short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just the Imperial Assault version. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That explains it all then. Mm-hmm. Mark, what have you been up to? Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about life in general? I mean, well, what's been keeping you from being focused on your Warhammer? Well, well, you know, the the really, well, you know, work. You know, work mm. and work and work. Uh, not exciting at all. But <laughs> anyway, but no, I've been doing uh, some reading. I mean, there's been a lot. Uh, I mean, there's uh, like a wealth of information now that I got the core book for Warhammer and uh, just been going through that and just uh, loving that and just it, it, it's really helped me flesh out what I think a lot of people have, have had an issue with is uh, you know what exactly are we playing in mm-hmm. you know in this uh, Warhammer world especially with the core book it, with all the maps I mean there's so much depth right now to it and uh, it's really fleshing out the worlds and all of these uh, you know mortal realms and uh, I'm loving it you know, yeah. So yeah, I, I it's, it's got me really excited about the game. Reading about mm. Gur, yeah. Gur. You gotta say it like that. Yeah, Gur. Gur. Uh, <laughs> 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 the hand motions perfectly. I can't, yeah. yeah. If, if, if we had the video on, you could see three grown uh, men doing little kitty paws yeah, every yeah. time we say, Grr. You're so ferocious, Adam. <laughs> oh, so it's just been, uh, you know, hey, lots of reading within the, the core book. Um, just awesome. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's really fleshing it out for me. Um, and I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Loving the Mortal Realms. Um, 
I'm saying um. That's fine. You need to cut all that out. So I read the core book and I read the more importance mm-hmm. and the different Gerald's handbooks and it just right. didn't seem like there was anything about the realm of beasts in there at all until I started going online and looking at the mm. different wikis, the lexicanum, which there's a lot of people that have spent a lot of time putting a lot of information out there, which I really appreciate. Just not only are they sharing the important information, they're sharing their sources. So I know where to go if I want to learn about, you know, the death armies in the realm of beasts what have they been doing some amazing people have been citing some great sources and some really talented people contributing to our knowledge so now i know where to go to read all these different novels where is that at lexicanum the lexicanum warhammer age of sigramar wiki mm-hmm. okay. you just type in gur g-h-u-r <laughs> And then if yeah. you do the if you do the hand symbols, then yeah, it's hard to do exactly. when you're typing. Yeah, you got <laughs> to have good spell check because you're yeah. kind of typing with your knuckles, kind of like uh, a cat's yeah. got their nails on their fingertips. Yeah. Anyway, you'll find it. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, the lexicanum, the different wikis, the fan, the community page. There's a lot of people really putting it out there for us to get more information. Yeah. If you want to really know cool. more about it, yeah, it's awesome. So I want to go back. I want to start doing more reading of the novels that haven't yeah. read them nicholas you've read a lot of the 40k novels right a bit i mean i've i've, I've read into the horse heresy series a bit mm-hmm. um i've read a little bit in the age of sigmar series but not much okay so um but yeah it's captivating it is and, you know it really is so yeah. but first yeah what have you been doing well uh i've been trying to get a little bit more organized since we did the uh back in October, uh, first off, I want to say we are drinking some amazing beer again this evening. Yes. And uh, right now, uh, Nicholas was kind enough. What would you bring over? Some old Rasputin. Old Saw Rasputin. him at ABC. I said, hey, let's, we're having a podcast. Why don't you come join us? Yeah. Another one of the great beers, the old Rasputin. It's a very, yeah. uh, we call it a stout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's strong. It's bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. So if you hear me fighting the belch, <laughs> like constantly fighting, it's because you can blame old Rasputin for oh, me accidentally belching into the microphone while we record. I'm going to try and edit all of them out. But back to what I've been up to other than drinking beer. Uh, I got a dog, which mm. has been occupying a lot of my time. Her name is Luna. Mm-hmm. She is a Havanese poodle mix. So the Havanese from Havana, Cuba, uh, a, a breed specially you know, bred to be a lap dog mixed with a poodle Haley and I my wife uh, we both have terrible dog allergies so it took us a long time to find a dog that we could live with and she's been absolutely great uh, she's all black she looks like a teddy bear if you if you <laughs> see her in person she immediately just she wiggles so hard she can she can't stand up and then she uh, flops right on her back so you can rub her belly so that's been uh, an absolute joy in occupying a lot of my time yeah when not doing that I haven't done a lot of painting lately. It's been a lot of organizing. I've got lots of boxes with sprues that still have bits on them. So I've been going through all these sprues and trying to sort the bits that are there so I could get rid of the sprues, like particularly with the Daughters of Cain stuff that I've been doing. I've been sorting those sprues and uh, yeah, getting rid of the boxes, getting rid of the sprues and putting them all organized so when I get around to doing some customizations or like, I mean, I love having 
a giant stack of bits ready oh, yeah. to go. Yeah. That's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we still need to do that. We need to get all our bits together and just do a, uh, you know, a trading. A swap meet. Little, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, I would get? love to do that. Yeah. I, I've got a bunch of stuff from different kits I've collected over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you guys have projects in mind. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so many of these big kits come with extra stuff. It, oh, so much stuff. I like what GW is doing with the push fit models which i think is a great idea but i feel like they're not putting a lot of the customization bits in there Hmm. one of the kits i hadn't really paid attention to was the skaven vermin lord i think it was like five different ways you could put that model together with all these different things Mm -hmm. you can customize which is great yeah the more ways you can make it unique and then you can have your own where you've got it's a little bit of this a little bit of that it's something you know your own unique thing like so, yeah. I have, I have these uh, dwarf um, long beards. Essentially, is what I'm using them for. And the, all these extra bits that I got from the set that was Iron Drakes or Iron Breakers, it was really well designed stuff. And so I made Iron Drakes out of it all. And then I had all these Iron Breaker bits that were still arms and axes and different things. And so I just kind of converted them all over to my long beards and just made them look like some badass long beards you know just update those old models to to be a lot nicer looking yeah there's so much potential to to keep things yeah unique and exciting and i've got so many yeah like we're saying so many bits collected that you can use to make something unique and it's such a for a community when you bring your army to the table, you're really giving something to the other players when you do that. Hmm. When someone can sit down across from you or on the table and they say, what is this? You, They're seeing something they've never seen online, never seen pictures of. It's like a completely unique thing they're seeing in person for the first time. Yeah. That's so much fun. It's yeah. so satisfying. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. I love seeing that. Yeah. I mean, so much cre- creativity out there, you know? So mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we did together, uh, you know, Adam and 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 I, um, was the Crucible tournament. Yeah, and that is a is a bed for like seeing creativity come alive. Oh yeah, because you've got these players that play with these armies and they take all year and they get ready for this one tournament in mm-hmm. the Orlando area, and they. They really do some creative stuff because they want to win those points for creativity and modeling and different things like that. The last time I played it was it's a couple of years ago when we did that team tournament. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the emphasis on that. On the on the customization, they had pretty much know, the same conversions point scale. Yep, uh, but it for as far as points for the uh, army composition is how does it look? How well is it painted? How are the yep. bases right? You know, the, the the points were the same, but it didn't seem like that time versus this past time in October that man people were really passionate and excited about it yeah yeah because it was actually like a a part of the point system this time was conversion mm-hmm. and so it was one of the qualifiers yeah where... conversion and baseboard yeah mm-hmm. yeah which yeah I, I didn't realize as, like... I, as I belched my Rasputin off, <laughs> off the mic I didn't realize how important it was to have uh a battle board that yeah. you bring your army on. So I'm going to get to work on that next for yeah. next year. Great. Uh, and uh, I 
actually like I haven't talked about it since because the last time we sat down w- was before uh, Crucible. Now after Crucible, I won an award. Yeah, I, I was. What did you win? I won Best Sportsman. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So hey. that means um, Haley, my loving wife, says I was Miss Congeniality. Uh, so that, oh. that that's the best sportsman, <laughs> Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know the, the the stark contrast to the one guy who just like threw the dice. Yeah, I felt bad. The guy, it came down. We one of the games we were playing. I had my uh, thirty woman unit of witch elves. Uh, block. I managed to sandwich them between. He was playing corn, uh, and so we had a block of. Uh, uh, blood letters and a block of the uh what are the guys called the the human corn are they bloodbound blood warriors blood right? warriors yeah, blood yeah, warriors yeah. so we had those two they were really close together i got my unit of witch elves in between them so they couldn't move until they killed all the witch elves and he threw everything at these witch elves and it came down to one witch elf that was still just i i, I when i pulled them off i made sure that she was the last one and she was the one within range of both of them and all he had to do was kill this one witch elf, and he could advance, take the objective, and win the game. He could not. He could not kill her. And the last <laughs> thing he did, <laughs> um, to, in the hero phase, he was throwing all those different, like, uh, boiling blood things. What's that one called, Mark? The oh, bo- yeah. Yeah, oh, the boiling yeah, that's blood. For, yeah, he had the slaughter priest, right? Yeah, yeah, everything he could do in the hero phase to get rid of her so he could move his unit on the objective, he was throwing it at this one witch elf. And either he was rolling too low or I was rolling their uh, save. Mm-hmm. And uh, that last time, he missed the roll. He picked up his dice and threw them. And, <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of t- and he even knocked and over like a couple th- of my models when he did it. Oh, he was, no. He felt immediately apologetic and yeah. uh it, i was really i i completely understood the frustration when you when when that many in a, in a tournament like that that comes down to this failing like three or four die rolls in a row yeah maddening, just so maddening. Hey, that's the way it goes sometimes so, yeah you know it, it is it is and it, yeah. to be in that situation though i i felt like i i actually played smart for a change and was able to see the vulnerability and block him when I could. Uh, he had the chance to get around it, but the dice just weren't in his favor. Yeah. But yeah, if he if he had his guys just a little bit more spread out, mm. he, I wouldn't have been able to block them both with the one unit. So he could have gone around and, and caught that objective. But it was a great game. And yeah. I wouldn't have been ready to face that army if I hadn't played so many games against Mark <laughs> and his corn <laughs> bloodbound army. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know we both had a good time. We both, uh, the doppelganger cloak. Oh my God. From the realm of shadow. <sighs> Do you want to talk about the doppelganger cloak? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, uh, cause I'm going to sound like such a ignorant imbecile. Um, so just playing the whole tournament, five-game tournament, right? Two days, just mm-hmm. foot slogging it the whole time. I'm Cardron Overlords, so I feel like it's an uphill battle every game, only because only because I, I don't have the spellcasters, and so I can't really get some of the objectives that other people get because of the different scenarios. Yeah, so I don't remember I have to kind which of one like, it is, but yeah, you have to have a... I have to play just a little bit more strategically in, 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 in who I place where. 
And so personally, I know it's, I shouldn't, but personally, I feel like it's an uphill battle sometimes. Um, and one, I also don't know all the other armies great. And so that's an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But so that's not Karjan uh, Overlord specific, but this last game of the tournament, you know, we're both playing. We go through the list of everything we we both have. Because we got to talk to each other about the other players. The day before, you talked yeah. to me about the doppelganger because I think you played. I, yeah, my the second day game. I, I lost my yeah. first two, won the, the last three I played. Yeah. But he was the, the second guy I played. He was a uh, Slanesh yeah. army. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so you had told me the day before mm-hmm. about the doppelganger, uh, the doppelganger cloak, and uh, and then we went through the list, and he told me about the doppelganger cloak on the on his, um, sl- uh, his Slanesh, um, you know, general. Mm-hmm. I think it was the keeper of the, secrets. Yep. yep, is that right? Yep. So keeper of secrets had the 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 cloak, and I just I went into this mode of great. Yep, yep, got it, got it, great, and then. Turn one, I just went into what do I do with my KO? What do I do normally? I set up to where I can pick off the biggest units on the board, take them out, turn one, and then control the board for the rest of the game. And so turn one, I ran in my ship, I unloaded my guys, I shot my um, engine riggers across the board with their chainsaws, surrounded his keeper of secrets and I did not get to attack her that round because I forgot about the doppelganger cloak god damn doppelganger cloak <sighs> son of a and I was like <sighs> so Mark do you, you know, know what the, you know what it does no I'm not familiar with this so it's an so artifact it's from the Olgu the realm of shadow okay and right, it's right. uh whatever the actual flavor text is, the rules say you cannot attack the bearer of the doppelganger cloak until they have activated in the combat phase. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So if you find yourself either with with your units in combat with yeah. that model, um, they, they cannot attack that round until that model with the doppelganger cloak is attacked but if you have to act if you have to activate that unit and they and you still haven't had a chance to activate the unit with the doppelganger cloak i can't attack anybody nothing happens nothing Nothing happens so i forfeit my round and then he still gets to attack back and then he he can chip away at you So, so that's your that's turn. Exactly what like, I did. Hey. I ran it up, surrounded it, and he was like, rah, rah. and I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go. And yep. he, what mm. what does suck is that he did the same thing to me the day before, and we talked about it, but yeah. we didn't talk about like we. It wasn't clear that it was the same guy. You Correct. Know? So. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I I ran in the same situation with my daughter as a cane, and I I couldn't get this guy off the objective because I couldn't. Uh, I and I'd gone right in with a unit of witch elves and surrounded this keeper secrets, but he just left out in the middle of nowhere. It's like this obvious trap. Yeah, like uh, one of those things at the bottom of the sea, those uh, cuttlefish that have the little light that dangles, oh, so yeah. you can like <laughs> get, get sucked right in. So right. yeah, he throws out this little like, hey, yeah, eat up this tasty morsel. And, yeah. Oh no, you oh, exactly. can't. Now you're t- now you're stuck here for the rest of the yeah. game because you can't attack this model. And it's so funny because he actually hid her behind his line of guys and i still cleared away 
mm-hmm. still shot enough in between to make a hole for those engine riggers to make it in and surround him. And so he even was like, dude, I told you about the doppelganger cloak. Yeah. And you still went for it, and I was like, I it's know. It's not like he was unfair. But I was in just like, way. I was tired, and I had just, I had just was. It was the last my, game of the tournament. The last game of the tournament. I was doing my routine, and it was the first time I had played the doppelganger cloak or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, and it was just so, so frustrating. And then yeah. the rest of the game, of course, I'm trying to play catch up, and uh, I had put so many wounds against the keeper of secrets, and I had killed so many different demonettes across the board because they're so squishy. Yeah. Um, that uh, he ended up being able to drop like two 20 man or woman units of demonettes right on the objectives and took mm. the game at the end. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, that's so maddening. <laughs> There's but, an artifact from Chaman, the realm of what? Metal. Ah! That's it. Chamon the realm of metal. There's, I think it was Chamon. There's an artifact that if um, oh, you're it's a certain distance, <laughs> if you're a certain distance from a hero with an artifact, you can nullify that artifact. So I'm mm. curious if, like, really? because everybody Ooh. has seen the value of the doppelganger cloak, if yeah. you, if, I wonder how many people are like, I'm going to put this artifact on some hard to kill hero that I can just fly around the table and just put it near an artifact I need to cancel. Oh, wow. Mm. You're just like, nope. Yeah, I don't know if that's like in the meta. Yeah, we uh, look I can't that remember up. which, right. which right, one so it is, but... Homework but, yeah. project. Homework, yeah. What, I mean, do you guys think that would be valuable? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can cancel out another artifact, then... I mean, well, that's big. Yeah, that's big against I think that. Yeah, really really shut it down. Yeah, especially something like that, you know. Yeah. And yeah, so it's called Gildenbane from the realm of metal. This armor negates the properties of magical artifacts nearby. If an enemy model is the bearer of an artifact of power, they cannot use the rules for their artifact of power while they are within three inches of the bearer of Gildenbane. So mm. I, I, I'd be curious to see if that. I don't know how many artifacts of power are going to be out there that people are trying to take advantage of, but mm. I, I know with the Daughters of Cain, there's a couple of artifacts that give me rerolls, um, yep. other things, valuable artifacts out there to be able to just shut those down. Yeah. How often are you going to be able to get well, a hero within three inches? And I was playing one that made one of my KO uh, champions, um, or heroes, sorry, uh, as a um well he had an artifact of power and yeah. so now he was able to be considered a um uh, be able to control the, those objectives in that one scenario he could do that and he could unbind spells i don't remember which one it was for the ko or mm-hmm. which one was from the from the realm that i chose but um i was able to then unbind spells so right there you know cancel the ability for me to take an objective yeah if well, you still possess the artifact. I'm not sure how the wording on that particular rule. Mm. You, I mean, you have to have have to have a hero with an artifact or have a wizard. Yeah. So you still have the artifact. It just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I yeah. Know. All right. Uh, yeah, it might be something too for your uh, corn oh, because you, you want to shut down magic of any kind to have oh, yeah. something that shuts down other All magic. The magic. Ugh. Yeah. 
yeah. What is that thing that you've been playing against us with? The uh, the guy that cancels or makes us re-roll the casting oh. casting yeah. uh, no, who is the, that the, that the, that is tough yeah that's the uh blood secretor with the oh. uh, yeah yeah he just runs up plants his big flag portal of skulls it's called so yeah so any sort of uh uh casting attempt in 30 mm-hmm. inches no, well right well, well that is with the uh, slaughter priest by them oh and, okay uh, yeah no so so that's the whole uh gore pilgrims Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's how I have that. Oh, that's that. been frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. By the way, we let you know. Uh, very <laughs> satisfactory. Thank you on this front. Well, it's been great, frustrating, but great at the same time because the last couple of games we've had have been triumph and treachery games we've played against each other. Oh, and we've yeah. been playing together for five, six years now, and it's, it seems as often as not we're playing triumph and treachery. Oh yeah, of mm-hmm. some kind. Played the old eighth edition one, and now yeah. the new one. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. So for me, watching Nicholas have to re-roll all these spells, because he's the one that's closer, it's been really great. <laughs> right. And I've been playing my death army, so I yeah. actually have access yeah. to casters now. And my first time playing against skeletons, and I'd heard they were bad. Holy hell. Yeah. No, it's, it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. Oh, man. Finally taking out that one big block of 40 skeletons and you're just like oh i get to bring back that whole unit okay game over that was what are you talking about oh and then i give them plus three attacks yeah Yeah. so skeletons i i really thought witch elves were really high end when it came to their because they can it's not hard for a witch elf to get four attacks per model Hmm. but for skeletons too to have four attacks i for whatever reason just thematically or just my presumptions about death armies having not played skeletons or zombies i played zombies before in eighth edition zombies are slow they're um, they they resurrect quickly skeletons i for whatever reason i was picturing the kind of same thing in my mind like those slow moving skeletons but no these are jason the argonauts skeletons no they're in there super fast cutty dangerous hard Mm -hmm. to kill come right back again yeah yeah, I really like the skeletons. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple close games, but those there's only the two triumph and treachery scenarios in the general's handbook. Yeah. I wish there were more because they're very similar and they really do come down to kill points, both of yeah. them. Yeah, I'm if sure you, we could probably take the old triumph and treachery book and maybe try to adapt some. Yeah, some scenarios we'll do that. for we that. Modify that pretty yeah. easily, or take yeah. the existing scenarios and try and. Yeah. Try and work yeah. something like yeah. the two-player scenarios and work something out. out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so that's what uh, kind of what we've been up to, hobby-wise. And tonight's episode is about what realm? <laughs> the realm of beasts. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight. The core book. Yes. The realm of beasts. It's very short. Yeah, compared what? to the other ones that we've been doing. Yeah. yeah no, it's like two pages. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot there that they talk about in the actual core book. So if you haven't been reading uh, a lot of other stuff, the, the core book doesn't really give you a lot of info on the Realm of Beasts. So yeah, just these two pages, and then you're right on to his ear. Yeah. Um, it does sound fascinating what they put in here, but yeah, there's not a lot of info. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe before we dive in, we should take a quick, uh, a quick break. Yeah. 
And then we'll, yeah, we'll take a quick break and, and we'll okay. dive right in. Yeah, so we'll take a quick break and we're going to start talking about Grr. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Grr. Grr. <laughs> The realm of beasts is a near endless string of jagged continents, each awe-inspiring in its primeval splendor. Here, every creature is red in tooth and claw, and every animal, insect, and plant is both predator and prey. Even the landscapes are possessed of a hungering animus. Primal violence lurks everywhere, in man and beast alike. Alright ladies and gentlemen, we have now returned from our break. We're feeling refreshed, we've got a new beer. What are we drinking? The Arrogant Bastard. The Arrogant uh, Bastard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is part of a line, like, was it the Bastard? the name of the line arrogant arrogant arrogance the name of the line Mm -hmm. and then the different beers are different names so this is the arrogant bastard correct yeah it's a fun word to say yeah why don't you guys try saying it arrogant bastard yep arrogant bastard bastard yeah yeah that's one the bastard so here we are gur the realm of beasts we're talking about uh page 112 in the core book. Yeah. It's uh, only 112 and 113 in the core book. It's very short in the very core short. book. Very short. There's yeah. not a lot here. So what do you guys think about what you saw here? Uh, there's, there's, You know, it's only two pages, but there's a lot of depth. You know, I started reading this and uh, the mind just started going. Yeah. I mean, you know, what place is safe? Oh, nowhere. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> the entire land is at war with itself. It's very like elemental. You talk oh, about realm of fire, realm of metal, realm of life. Uh, you know, yeah, obviously, no, everything's yeah. elemental, but this one, all of the elements are at war with each other. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, totally. Oh, no, the, absolutely. The, the mountains are at war with the oceans. Yeah. You know, fighting, fighting for control to overtake each other and saying the mountains are trying to grow taller so that they can get a layer of ice as armor yes no exactly <laughs> like like to build that defense you know yeah so and so and and that kind of spells out that it's ever changing yes yeah. so you could go to sleep at night in a cave come out the next day no see something yeah. a little different well, exactly and that's what it said is like it was like you may take refuge in a cave and then you know wake up and then the whole landscape has changed you know slightly different and i'm like the way it makes it out it's like well the damn cave could have eaten you <laughs> yeah you know? it's true so, the yeah. cave could be alive yeah. you're, you're part of something it can consume yeah. yeah uh and that also kind of explains why they don't give us a map for Grr. Grr. No, that that is ultimately true, you know, because mm-hmm. the landscape is always changing. Yeah, and, and know, kind so. of like our actual planet. You yeah. know, you talk about it millions of years ago. Was it Pangaea? What was the name of the oh, that big yeah. like continent when it was one continent and yes, then they all right. split apart? No, exactly. And this is how this is, except it's happening every day. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that is a lot of conflict and they yeah. and you know the talking about evolution and con- a conflict making people stronger that this that makes sense the realm of beasts would have the toughest people but not necessarily the smartest most enlightened people well, because it depends on you know 
it takes generations to build knowledge to build schools to build you know you know civilizations right no, exactly. they're going to be very primitive well, it's, it's, very it's dangerous. primal. It's, yeah. a, it's that animal instinct, hence the realm of beasts, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, like right off the bat, you got the orc, you know, c- coming at you. And uh, I, I figure it is just a playground for the ogres and the orcs here. Yeah. You know? I feel like they like it. Oh, oh, they yeah. love they this. They want it like I mean, this. this is, Absolutely. I mean, just come on. Come on, come on, grr, rain down on me. <laughs> when uh, I went to the Smithsonian, have you guys ever been to the Smithsonian? In D.C.? Not. No. Yeah, but yeah. man, if you ever have the opportunity mm-hmm. to go, go. I, I went when I was a teenager, and it was just such an amazing experience. But they have the natural history part, and you know, so you're seeing the the mastodons and saber toothed oh, tigers yeah. and mm. all these different species that have since become extinct that were prevalent on the planet. Gur sounds like all these things exist at the same time and this like evolutionary cycle is just happening all in a day oh yeah where, like an no, entire exactly. species is being yeah. wiped out because they couldn't keep up with the yeah that evolutionary yeah. curve but it was saber-toothed tigers it was uh also the mammoths it's mm-hmm. also tyrannosaurus rexes and velociraptors and yeah. you know like, like all of natural history is existing everything at the same all time. at once yeah no, exactly. Tectonic plates are shifting and, you know, just, uh, you know, volcanoes erupting all at the same time. It's yeah. a daily occurrence. And humans. So, yeah. And humans. Hey, 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 hey. No, exactly. Here we are riding the dinosaurs. <laughs> like, no, what's, no, exactly. that, what's that place out there? It's not the... Uh, uh, what is that museum that like not the Noah's Ark place, but the guy, the one he did before that, the like the biblical history museum. The guy has all the pictures oh, of the kids riding the this the something. Uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Something Ham. Yeah, uh, Ken yeah. Ham. Ken, Ken Ham. The no, Ken exactly. Ham museum. So he has like you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, all the children riding like velociraptors, mm. and they get uh, the Ark Encounter. Well, the Ark Encounter was the second one he did. Before uh, that, he had another one that was very similar. But yeah, okay. it, yeah, that guy sure, who's like, we're gonna, yeah, the Earth's. What is it? Twelve thousand years old? No, it's not even and, that. It's like you know, it's yeah, like, six thousand like or two hundred. Yeah, yeah, 6, <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. The, yeah, yeah. And so if dinosaurs did exist, they existed, yeah. you know, like in Noah's time. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. 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 Anyway, that's a totally divergent. Uh, path <laughs> yeah, yeah, tr- totally true. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a piece of paper that I printed. Mark, did you see it? That had the. Uh, Oh, God. Fuck it, dude. I do. train wreck of a human <laughs> being. Good Lord, you like Amtrak. You derailed. Hey, 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 all right, we're back. I just tripped over everything, busted my ass, showed off my dexterity score, which is apparently like a 6 out of 18. Nah, you look good. You look like Mary Lou Retton out I there. Was, I was. Yeah. I was. As I fall on my face. Okay, so I have uh, from that Lexicanum site that I was talking about the... Uh, the Age of Sigmar wiki that I found, they've uh, broken it down to some of the more fascinating landmarks in Gur. And I, mm. from that, I've whittled it down to some of my favorites. So, um, talking about Gur, there's giant monsters all over the place. Like, whatever other realms can produce as far as giant monsters. I love this. Gur this, has the best of the best as far as like, evolution. Yeah, uh, they have the giant worms. So there's two type of worms. There's W Y R M and W O R M. Oh. Uh, so this is W O R M worms, giant worms that are just 
bigger than cities that are just loose crawling around Gur. I love it. I just picture like Dune. Dune, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dune, giant worms. So one of the cities in Gur is called the Crawling City. And it is a city-state built on the back of a great worm. And that worm is called Shugol. S-H-U apostrophe G-O-H-L. Shugol. All right. Yeah. So how does that work? A giant city on the back of the worm? Yeah. I have no idea how that works. That does sounds amazing. Worm, yeah. yeah. Does the worm just like move slowly every once in a while or or are they in control of it is there like Mm. uh like a department instead of like the department of sanitation it's the department of worm control (laughs) that is it yeah Yeah. that's amazing yeah can you imagine like an entire city on this vast realm the city is just slowly crawling and does it does it yeah does it have a cycle like you talk about animals in nature how they have like they wake up in the morning they feed here they feed here they get water here they feed here and they come back to go to sleep at the end of the night is that what the worm the worm has like a path it does every day a certain cycle that you know at like a certain time of day or seasons but maybe it's cycle isn't a day maybe it's cycle is like every ten thousand years it yeah does this that could be a day for it yeah yeah, you know, for it. Just yeah, say, you know, it's oh, all yeah, a matter maybe of per- it's, perception. It could be traveling the equator and yeah. just doing one continuous, and that's it. Realm, oh, you know, traveling yeah. around the realm, just constantly moving. Yeah. Uh, and but what does it eat? Do you know what <laughs> I mean? What right. does it produce when it finishes its uh, movement? Movement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is in Gur, the crawling city. My I love that. Uh, favorite location. Inger is the Black Marsh Barony. Oh, yes. So the Black Marsh Barony is south of the Amber Steps, known for good beer and <laughs> giant turtles the size of a castle. <laughs> so oh. mind blowing. Yeah, what so the this, hell? like, um, the never ending story. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. was the name of that turtle um, in the never ending story? Like, no. Nope. Uh, we're going to consult Google in a moment. We're going to have to. Who's, who's the fastest Google consulter? I don't have my phone. So you're the slowest. I'm the slowest. <laughs> okay, Nicholas is going to be the fastest. All right. It was something like, not Mara, something with an M, I thought. Morla. 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 Not Mara. Morla. Morla. Morla was the giant yes. turtle, the oldest living creature in mm-hmm. uh, in the never ending story. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so these are in the Black Marsh Barony. There are giant turtles the size of a castle. And this goes on to say that from whose excrement, excrement tore up gold is extracted. So these are giant turtles that shit gold. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Giant yeah. turtles the size of a castle that yeah. shit gold. Can you imagine just the industry? So thinking about like Dune mm-hmm. and talking about how people are like the spice miners. Yeah. No, there's exactly. this entire, probably this entire industry that are following these castle-sized turtles. Oh yeah, and just mining gold, mining exactly. gold out of their it's shit. That spicing uh, shit. No, it's the shit that's the shit. It's right the there. shit yeah, that's no, the exactly. shit. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert: in <laughs> Dune, the, the the worms shit spice. Everybody's eating oh, worm shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the Black Marsh Barony, they're drinking beer and uh, mining, mining turtle shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah, Black Marsh Barony. Turtles the size of a castle that shit gold. And they have good beer. (laughs) Let's go. Uh, So there's this other place called the Blood Bloom Fields. Uh, They're also known as the Singing Steps. 
It's a field surrounded by rib cages of animals of impossible size covered in red grass and crimson flowers. So the reason it's called the singing steps is when the wind blows through these giant rib cages, it sounds like this this whistling mm. uh, flute sound. I love this. Yeah. This he, is awesome. And, uh, it's great. There's another one called the Gargant's Graveyard. It's a vast Ooh, array like of sun-bleached bones. Many of these are the remains of thousands of gargants, but there are also a substantial number of other skeletons from other races as well. Some of these rib cages and skulls are the size of Duarden citadels. In the center is the big skull from which bones spread outwards like a grisly maze. The big skull is what the iron jaws, I think of these overlap, uh, called the Howling Labyrinth of Zinch. Legend is that the demonic conundrum enslaved thousands to build the labyrinth on top of the skull of Agarath, known to orcs as the Big Skull. Maybe you hear the squeak in the background. There's a dog playing with a squeaky toy. <laughs> Hopefully you can't hear too much of the squeaks. Of course the oryx would call it the Big Skull. They just call it the Big Skull. Big They're skull. not... As uh, to little skull. The yeah, Big Skull. The Big Skull. Keep it... Keep it simple. Yeah, no, exactly. So, Keep uh, it simple, stupid. When you say big skull, <laughs> it's a skull big enough to put a castle on the back. Yeah. That's how big the big skull is versus other skulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Howling Labyrinth of Zinch. I don't know what else is on there, but the demonic conundrum enslaved thousands to build the labyrinth on top of the big skull. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, to, to go from the core book of like two pages of like the realm of beasts to this yeah incredible God, history no, flushing it out even more where did I you mean, get that from this is from that lexicanum on the and wiki where did they get that from they cite a lot of different sources i don't know what all the sources are but yeah. it's the different novels and the different primers okay. and the different short stories and that the are different been, tomes and the yeah so and basically the, anything that gur has mentioned you know they they, they collected every place like yeah the ideneth book uh talks about gur the 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 Gash book mentions hmm. Gur. So There's lots of different battle tomes that mention. So the why Realm the hell did they not put that in this book? Or yeah, just give us a little bit <laughs> yeah, more. I but I mean, that. just keep it all t- together. You yeah, know? So, like yeah. you've got the ones before this that have like four pages, and then this shit. Right, you've like got Gyran and Akshi. Yeah, yeah. Tons of history with maps and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but then you get to Gur, which there's almost nothing in here. But this is definitely there's a lot more to Gur yeah. than what you see in this. Core so let's book. not be discouraged by the by the two pages in the core book. Get out there, Google Gur, and Gur. you know read Lexicanum. Let's, yeah, Lexicanum. The other like just do do some yeah. internet searches of Gur, and there's a lot of stuff out there. And I want to try and track down some of these novels. Yeah. There's an area called the Gnawing Sea. <laughs> the monstrous bone that surrounds the Gnawing Sea are saturated with savage magic that attracts mighty predators and those who would bind them. Hmm. So we were talking previously about how in some of these realms, the outer sphere is more dangerous. And so people that want to harness that more dangerous magic and more dangerous, dangerous energy, they go out to that, right. that outer realm. This is saying that the gnawing sea is where you go. The gnawing sea attracts these mighty predators and the people that would 
subjugate, control these mighty predators, right. go to the gnawing it's sea. It's all there. It's a meaning point. It's a crossroads, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's yeah. like the in Africa, the watering hole. That's where all the conflict happens. Yeah, exactly. It's like trying to hear, water. you know, if at the water cooler. And yeah. And somebody trying to eat you. So it, trying to wrap my head around Gur. Yes. It... Uh, it didn't really in the book give you like where where it started then the realm of chaos then the realm of you're uh, i'm sorry it didn't tell you where it started then the age of chaos and the age of sigmar it yeah. just kind of said hey this is kind of like gur these are a couple of things that happened yeah. to give you some reference of gur so listening to this like to to me i wonder how did humans like free peoples show up to this place. Yeah. Why did Duarden show up to this place? Why did elves show up to this place? Like, or uh, what's the purpose for them to come to this place to just be, you know, oppressed with beastly warfare the entire time? In in one of these sources, and I can't remember which source it was. I think it's the core book. They talk about hunter gatherers. That the greatest resource in Gur is uh, meat. Yeah. That there's yeah. all these amazing and a, beasts. And it's a big export. It's a huge. It's their main export is all these different types of meat. So, yeah. what's worth its weight in gold is salt, and that the good mm. salt to preserve the meat is right. so very important because if you can't preserve the meat, it's just gonna, it's gonna waste rot. away. Waste, so, yeah. salt and meat are the main things you need in Gur. That, that that they export. But yes. it also sounds like there's some other reasons why people might actually come. So this is what I'm putting together from mm-hmm. hearing the stories, you know, from 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 seeing these high points of 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 interesting things about Gur is there's a lot of things that Gur produces that people would want. Yeah. The the gold, right? <laughs> the turtle shit yeah. gold. The shit gold. The good beer. The good beer. Mm-hmm. The uh, meat, yes. Um, the salt, salt, and the realm stone. So the one thing that the the book does talk about too is realm stone. Yeah, and I think it sets up realm stone then for like other uh, realms as well. But it sounds like maybe that's why people started to adventure into Gur that may have not been like natural habitants of Gur. Yeah. So how did we get Sigmar, you know, Sigmarites? How did we get Duarden? How did we get the KO? How did we get uh, different things like that? Um, elves, Dark Elves, um, Ideneth Deepkin. How did those people show up to this realm and start building cities, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's cities, there's encampments. Oh, yeah. there's, there's worm worm cities. Where, yeah, all these things. They probably were coming for this for you know just the same way in in, in which Americans uh, you know moved out west. Yeah, natural colonial expansion. You know, yeah, colonial expansion, moving out west, exploring you know uh, new worlds to them mm-hmm. in the in the pursuit of gold, exactly. in, the, in the pursuit of land, yeah. in the pursuit of you know hunting, yeah. all this sort of stuff. So that just helps me kind of bring together why the motivation for people to be somewhere yeah you know the motivation for a city to have been founded somewhere things like like that you know and like with all of these we we don't have images to support that story what we have are images of like mountains monsters and orcs that when people talk yeah. about Gur, that's that's what's in the pictures and ogres monsters and orcs well i I hear ogres ogres, you know Yeah. yeah yeah 
Yeah. Which fits perfectly. Oh, yeah. I they're, just, they're, just I see mean, that, you know. Gur is the is the realm associated with the uh, destruction, destruction, the yeah, destruction yeah. faction. Yeah, totally. Yeah, this totally. Is, if, if someone's singing about destruction, they're probably from. This is Gur. <laughs> yeah, but there is so much more to it. It's this huge, fascinating realm. Yeah, I really liked some of the stuff that we read um, about Gur, and I liked that the just hearing about the history of how the formations came about, mm-hmm. how the caverns were created, how the mountains were formed, how all the stuff was created to me um, that, well, helped that, set that up. And that's another thing that's not mentioned in the book. And we were talking to, we were talking about it before mm-hmm. we sat down was the discovering of Gorka Morka by Sigmar and Dracothian. Yes. And it was Dracothian that woke Sigmar and that Dracothian and Sigmar worked together to wake the other gods and that they found Gorkamorka in the realm of beasts and they found him in Drakatoa, which is a living uh, avalanche of amber. So thinking, I, I picture like the blob. From the blob movies oh, yeah. yeah it's like a slow moving amber that gorka morka is like is trapped in this living blob of amber and that dracothian and sigmar work together to free gorka morka and then gorka morka is pissed of course yeah of course <laughs> yeah uh he's the embodiment of rage Punches out Dracothian, fights Sigmar for days, creates all these canyons and mountains in the yeah. conflict. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's cool stuff. And, and the thought of Gorka Morka, I mean, he's described as a two headed monster. Yeah. And this is different than the eighth edition version of Gork and Mork. Yeah. Yes. They were two separate. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah. Now they're combined. Yeah. Right. Uh, two aspects. I mean, two aspects. You know, two sides of the same coin. <laughs> so the monster, the Etten. Yeah. You guys heard of that one? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. yep. It's kind of like an ogre that has two heads. Okay. And the heads usually have different personalities. In Monty Python and the Holy Grail, there was that one like knight with yep. the three heads that are always yep. arguing with each other. Yep. That sounds like Gorka Morka. <laughs> this like, yes. horrible monster. Probably, well, I mean, maybe it's not both orc heads. Do you know what I mean? Maybe one's yeah. a goblin head, one's an orc head. Maybe one's an ogre head. Definitely yeah. one of them is orc, but they're probably both orcs. Yeah. Orcs. Yeah. 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 So Gork and Morka. I and- really liked the uh, the Lexicanum um, uh, article that included the frustration of chaos in Gur. Yeah. Was that amazing? Like, I just, what, I just picture just Archaon, just like so frustrated, just like, <laughs> so, so uh, what, 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 what do you recall from that particular article? I recall um, that, our, you know, Chaos, obviously they did this big push into all, all the different realms. They're looking to get in, take over what they can, and they're pushing into Gur. Oh, sure. And Collecting skulls, yeah. trying, you know, the whole gore hunt. Right, and just think like, you've just now entered a realm where they love to fight. Yeah. And so they are just probably like, thank you. 
I've got somebody else's head to bash in other than, you know, my cousins. Yeah. You know? And so they're now just just enjoy I mean they're just so excited about fighting and and so the the iron jaws and the bone splitters and the you know the beast claw they're all fighting and they're all just laying waste to whatever comes to them they're probably being killed they're killing things like that but then the realm gate itself where chaos keeps coming in they create some sort of shrine some sort of um They've got a city. I a can't remember city. what the city was called, but it's like a chaos. Create some city. walls around and different things. Yep. And they just keep getting oppressed by the Iron Jaws and the Greenskins. And time and again, they just keep defacing whatever it is that... It's, it's a statue of Archeon. Yeah. At first, it's a statue of Archeon, and they rip it down, and they put up something else to basically, uh, you know, make fun of chaos. Yeah. They, I, I think it said the first one that happens, they uh, chisel away his face to make an orc face where his face should be. Right. And the next one, they cut off the head. Next time he, he comes back, he conquers again. They drive him back again. He's he's replaced the statue. They now they go back to the statue again. They cut off the head completely, and uh-huh. they put a wooden goblin head where his head would have been to insult him even more. Right. Oh, man. And so he forces his way back again. Yeah. So they're, they're fighting over and over and over again to conquer this one point. But like talking about orcs and corn, well, this is just heaven. Yeah. They're just fight <laughs> oh, over yeah. and over and yeah. over again about uh, over this one realm yeah, game. No, exactly. Yeah. There's probably so many bodies and bones Heaps stacked high. New, yes. new mountains ruined just because of that, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and just and just the focus. Like there's zero politics involved. There's no nobody cares <laughs> about trade. Nobody cares about, you know, resources. Nobody cares about success. All they care about is killing the opponent. Oh yeah. Right. Just I mean, that's chaos versus destruction. Yeah. That that is the Love epitome. It. No, exactly. The objectives yep. on the table. They don't matter. Nope. Yeah. No. I want to play the sound sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like to, yeah. And that sounds like a like a a back and forth siege. I think that particular story ended with Archeon assigning a very malicious uh chaos general to yeah. guard this fortress. But like there's this pressure on him, and the article ends with him just listening to the orc drums in the distance oh, as no. they're getting ready to oh, uh, for another so attack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Oh man. Ah, oh, I wouldn't be there right now. That makes me think. Of, well, I mean, it's <laughs> right. they definitely describe the chaos dreadhold. Okay. Uh, that that whole kit that make, mm-hmm. it sounds like anytime Corrin's building a fort, it's gonna be that. It's gonna be the chaos dreadhold. dreadhold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some version of the chaos dreadhold. I like that uh, model. Oh man! I mean, yeah. if you were gonna to put together the entire kit to scale, what do you think? It's like a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's... not to put the price tag on everything, because how right. do you put a price tag on fun? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, picturing that chaos dreadhold with just yep. hordes of orcs, orcs charging it over and over again, and recruiting ogres with yeah. their. I mean, I know it's kind of a a popular movie, but. You know, with the, the middle uh, Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, yes. The two towers. The exactly. Um, yeah. And just thinking the orcs just outside, just you know, and yeah. just like Rah! and just yeah, thousands sync. of orcs just in sync, ready to fight. Yeah, 
and then of course warriors. then hearing you would probably then hear the cries from chaos on the other end yeah but that you don't get from the elves and the humans that are trying to you know stay alive you would hear now this 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 opposing this, this opposing like, do you guys I, when cry. i was uh i was a freshman in high school and i was on the football team because they didn't turn anyone away. That's why I was on the football team. <laughs> they never turned anyone away. So I basically, I just I wore the uniform and rode on the bus. But man, I loved the ridiculous chants we would do and the ridiculous oh, cheers. Sure, and it yeah. was intoxicating to be a part of that. And I to 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 experience that as a teenager on a football team, picturing the same thing in an army in a medieval fantasy army where where your gods like these like chaos gods these gorka morka they're real and they're watching and you you better cheer as loud as you can that's the only way you're going to survive and like these chants and the the passion that would come out of it like yeah. oh man that just just the the thick power of that that must have yep. you, you could feel there was this old uh in the old orcs and goblins you know book from from eighth edition i think would still hold true like this story about this goblin war like this goblin war boss i don't think war boss maybe he was a big boss whatever it was boss yeah he was like promoted from this battle that he fought whatever he did they're in this this battle they're fighting and this goblin gets swallowed by a by a beast Mm -hmm. and at some point he gets like they de- they defeat the beast and he cuts himself out or he's cut out of it and he's still alive and they're like hooray this goblin he got eaten and he survived and the and the 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 point of the story was the orcs because there was always this divide between orcs and goblins like yeah. goblins were never as good as orcs yeah in the orcs eyes and and but the orcs looked at this goblin and they they like saw a hero. celebrated him and he was promoted to whatever promotion whatever rank he got from that which was like a big boss or something like that and uh through the celebration that night he was actually killed <laughs> love it love it and so he didn't survive the night yeah because of the celebration they partied so hard he died they partied so hard he died <laughs> that's a way to go out though. oh yeah absolutely would you rather get eaten alive or would you rather party to death right. well he got, death. Right. he got both he got both yeah fantastic the the thought of orc culture and like talking about popular media nailing orc, orc culture nobody's done it like the lord of the rings and yeah. talk of the uh Return of the King, when uh, Frodo is captured and they have the mithril shirt. Hmm. And that fight that happens between what's essentially the uh, the great orcs that Saruman hmm. unearthed versus the old-fashioned orcs, mm-hmm. which could be essentially be goblins. Goblin, yeah. yeah, right. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that battle. The uruk Yeah, the uruk versus the orcs goblins yeah that i mean that fight and nailed it completely because the one guy who's the the goblin essentially he really is he's got the blue eyes and he's fast and he's cunning and he's just 
evil ready to stab people in the back and he's the one that makes after all this fighting he's the one that makes it all the way to the end to catch the mithril shirt and it's finally sam that has to kill him but he's the one doing like these amazing drop kicks yeah you remember when he drop kicks that like this orcs twice <laughs> yeah. his size and he drop kicks right. that orc no, exactly. right out the window yeah, yeah. And that's what starts the whole big brawl which is uh, very similar to like what you picture in an old western you know that right, bar right, brawl right, yeah. in an old western like someone gets someone spills their drink and turns around uh, and people oh, start throwing that's fists <laughs> that's definitely that same yep fight scene but man yeah orcs and goblins that movie yeah that's always what i'm going to picture maybe yeah. slightly different because i love the old animation that uh, that old hobbit movie oh that was so great the yep. singing yeah. one down down yeah. to goblin town so, that that uh, Ralph, movie uh, Ralph Bakshi that was was uh, that Bakshi oh no that was a hobbit um, damn it! The Lord of the Rings was he came out with Bakshi. Well, the yeah. one the whoever came out with the, the Hobbit, they mm-hmm. also came out with the Lord of the Rings. They okay. did. They yeah. did a like a Fellowship of the Ring or Return they, of the King. Return of the King. They did yeah, Return, they did of, the Return of the King. That was the Hobbit one, and that was a different animation studio. Oh, okay, but I, I can't. The Ralph Bakshi did a Lord of the Rings movie. Mm. That was supposed to be a trilogy back then. Yeah, Ralph Bakshi was just absolutely insane yeah, person. Yeah, it was, it, it was Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah so it was what was the, the one. Hobbit one? Was that the one Hobbit. that was mixed um, animation and live action? Yeah, his, yeah. Uh, oh, rotoscope. Well, it's like the rotoscoping. Yeah, yeah. Rotoscope. It, was, it was. Well, yeah. That's what I mean by the yep. mix. Which is like amazing because he oh, he, God, he would so use awesome. World War II footage okay. of like oh, Nazis yeah. and stuff as like the orcs, and he would like paint over the Nazis to be orcs. <laughs> Ralph Bakshi is just just a genius. He was such a genius. But yeah, I I remember you know loving that Hobbit movie. Yeah, the, the, the animated looking, Hobbit. I'm sorry, were you looking it up, Mark? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, what was it? What is it? It was. It wasn't Bakshi. No, it wasn't it was, Bakshi. Uh, so the Hobbit, 1977. Yeah. Yep. Directed by Arthur Rankin Jr. Rankin. And, yeah, and Jules Bass. Rankin and Bass. Mm, that was yeah, the production yeah. company. Rankin, Rankin and Bass. Bass. So that's yep. the Rankin and Bass. Hobbit. Yeah. It. So that was so epic. I it was loved so that. epic. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, I remember looking for because it had the music and the yep. sing-alongs and whatever. Yeah. And then I remember that looking was a musical, basically. Oh yeah. Seeing like oh they have the Returning the King, and then thinking like oh but then I saw, you know there was this other animated one which was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I got them both. And Return of the King, of course, was another Rankin and Bass. Yeah. You know, stories are great and same kind of stuff. But then the other one, the, the Lord of the Rings one, was like, like you're saying, just a little like, you know, like, oh, this is different. Yeah. And then Ralph Bakshi teamed up with Mark's hero, the artist. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Frank Frazetta. Frank Frazetta. Right and they did a movie called Fire and Ice. Yeah. Fire and Ice is another rotoscope one. Yeah. And and I'm glad this this does circle back to what we're talking about because Fire and Ice is definitely a movie that takes place completely in Gur, the realm of beasts. Oh yeah, no, totally. Oh, absolutely. I, I got like the promo pictures right here. Yeah, it's, it's like classic Frazetta. Yeah, you know, just, so Frazetta. Oh yeah, God, I love it. Fire and Ice is, I mean, yeah. script wise, there's not a lot there, but it's. They'll go five, ten minutes without any dialogue no, in this movie. It was great. It's so yeah, fantastic. It. Because it's so primal. The there's this group of people that maybe they're kind of like orcs, but they're more like Neanderthals. You know, and they're the bad guys, the the evil ice 
wizard controls mm-hmm. the Neanderthals, and the good fire person is this like civilized person whose uh, daughter gets kidnapped by the ice person, and it becomes this whole war. And they're oh man, it's so visceral. Oh. And if you like slow motion boobs bouncing. This is definitely the the film for you because the the heroine is only only ever wears uh, bikinis made out of uh, silk or oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, totally that's all she wears the entire movie. Nice. But Realm of Beasts, there's pterodactyls and these Neanderthals and giant snakes and yeah, uh, Ralph Bakshi and together with Frank Rosetta. Frank Rosetta. Just this, amazing before, before we even got into this conversation God. about orcs and everything, that is one of the movies I would have cited is like, this is what I imagine the realm of beasts looks like. Yeah. There's, mm. there's a scene in there where the heroine, she gets, she's trying to escape and she dives into this uh, lagoon and there's some kind of octopus creature at the bottom lagoon that just tries <laughs> trying to eat her. So she's trying to escape the Neanderthals then there's the octopus creature, and she has to either get eaten by the octopus creature or get help from the Neanderthals. It's it's just one of those movies uh, that's pointless. <laughs> it's an absolutely pointless film, but it is so unique to see, so unique to look at this filmmaking art style where these two guys, these two completely unique artists came together and teamed up to make this movie. Yeah. And that's kind of what I picture as maybe some of the people that were originally in Gur, maybe the yeah. people that were there, like mm-hmm. free peoples, nomadic tribes, like more just the hunter gatherers, the nomadic yeah. tribes. The you know they were they were these these people that were clad in beast skins and mm-hmm. you know working off of hand forged weapons and yeah, and the, uh, I'm. I'm that it seems very natural that we we went from talking about the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings to the Rankin and Bass and then into Ralph Bakshi and then finally mm-hmm. back to uh, Fire and Ice the Ralph Bakshi. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. Frank Frazetta <laughs> team up. Anybody who's listening to this, you might not re- recognize the name Frank Frazetta. You have seen Frank Frazetta art, and there. There are very few things, chaos, that aren't influenced by the art of Frank Frazetta. Yeah, no, In particular, exactly. the Death Dealer. Death Dealer. Yeah. yeah. The biggest. I mean, the most iconic figure. You'll probably yep. see that on a lot of, like, 1980s vans, you know, airbrushed on the side. Yeah. You know? Oh, God, I want one of those so bad. Archaeon. The van? Yeah. The van. The, okay. well, the van with the artwork <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Both. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, the yeah. character Archaeon, who's the main chaos bad guy, he would not look the way he did if it weren't for Frank Frazetta and the Death Dealer. No, There's, exactly. That, that influence is yeah. obvious to be seen. I, th- I think so. I mean, the actual all, all the major yeah. points because it's hard to like pinpoint any exact details because everything is always changing. Yeah, you know, and I know there are these, you know, outposts. There's these, you know, certain cities, you know, with their certain defenses. I know it mentioned, uh, you know, some with the, uh, you know, sharpened stakes that are just, 
you know, outwardly lying around there, you know. So, oh, so yeah. So, so, so basically, it was it was like you know we're not we're not building stone walls because the beast would beat them down. No, we're you know building walls with these sharpened stakes because it's their own you know uh, trajectory into and attacking us. Yeah, that would be their downfall. You know, and yeah, that, you that's can't just build things. a static yeah, wall. It has no, to be an offensive exactly tactic. And the, I know I know there's one too. I think uh, there's one city where it's just like, this, like yeah I, I, is that the one where that it's, has the the flame around yeah, it yeah just it's called like the white city flame it's a port city surrounded yeah. by a surrounded by and guarded by a magical wall of fire yeah i could just see that to, you know to keep all the beasts out yeah so. another one that, that i really like uh is the the jaws it's an ancient realm gate this ancient realm gate is simply a jawbone of some long-dead monstrosity thrust into the earth and split open by the axe of Gorkamorka to give his oryx a road to conquer new lands in the realm of Shaish, which is oh. the realm of death. Yeah. Uh, yet this had given little sport, and so the god had sealed it again in disgust. <laughs> he, like They went to the realm of death. There wasn't enough sport. There yeah. wasn't enough fighting like, or... Uh competition that was worth their time so like forget it we're hey just guys, shutting this gate sucks that's yeah. it yeah closing it down but i could see that as some cool narrative uh campaign for somebody trying to get into shayish yeah open reopening that realm gate oh. you yeah. know and trying yeah, to that'd get be to a fun Shaiish. campaign too yeah uh, for some reason, I don't know why. No, this, that sounds good. They, they, yeah. they and then need... all your damn skeletons come pouring through. Yeah, and, of yeah. course. Yeah. They need... The more I read, the more there is to be excited about in the Age of Sigmar. Yeah. One thing to compare the realms in general, I, I feel like, is I've been playing a lot of Minecraft with <laughs> my six-year-old daughter. Yeah. And uh, master strategist that she is. Oh yeah, and she just wants to take everything on right away. So all always she's like, let's let's build a portal. Let's go into the Nether and let's oh, you know. Geez. And then it's like, oh okay, you know, here we go. And um, and what I've found out is is when you're in Minecraft and you you're in you're in your area, you create this portal, this realm gate into the Nether you travel into this place, then you're in one place there. If you're then in the nether, let's say, and you build a realm gate just a block over, mm -hmm. you jump back to your world, but you're nowhere near where you were. You're not just a block over. It's not this one for one, okay, now you move down a block and now it's like one for one, right? You know, it's like yeah. you don't know where you're going to end up. And I wonder if that's kind of like in the in the in the realm gates here, that that might be why you would travel somewhere else to use a realm gate would be because you know exactly where that realm gate's going to take you, mm -hmm. and it might be a whole world of travel to get from you know where if you were in one realm, let's say you're in the realm of uh, of of Chaman, and you're like, hey, I need to get from you know like you you, you travel into Shaiish. And you're here and you're like, whoa, I need to actually be on the other side of this realm. It would take me longer to travel from here to the other side of that realm than it would be for me to go back through the realm gate and then go 
to the realm gate to Gur, and mm-hmm. then go from the realm gate and Gur to Shaiish to get close. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And Absolutely. I I know I'm kind of like you know rabbit. No, that here, military strategy. Uh, do you ever see Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that the, the whole point of that movie was him getting allies so they could cross the desert and get a better strategic position to yeah. go through this impassable desert mm-hmm. to a place that someone thought there's no way they could be attacked in Stop that direction, happen. and that's what that's happen. what they did. That's they, a weakness that he sought that out. A weakness. Yeah. But through an impossible channel to create that weakness. Yeah. Just like you're talking about going through this impassable gate, they find a way to open the gate. And now there's an attack coming from an unexpected, impossible direction. Yeah. So I could totally see that showing up in Gur at the free people's city in Gur where that's built around the realm gate that they mm-hmm. enter into. And now they have to make it to this other realm gate that's closed, but they need to open because they need to get to Shaiish. And it's in dangerous territory. Yeah. You, you got to way through all the you get over there and the Ogors and yeah. to get in there and then find your way to the realm of oh, death. Yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we should take a little break. Agreed. And then we should come back and talk about, Maybe some of the beasts you might find. Oh, yes. yes. Well, well I think hope. that ties into the realm of battle rules and oh, the beasts that. you would summon. Exactly. So, all yes. Right. All right. Quick Sounds break. Yes. And then all realm right. of battle rules. Yes. Sigma found Gorka Morka trapped within the amber mass of Drakatoa in the realm of beasts. With the help of Dracothian, Sigma managed to free the green-skinned god and drive back Drakatoa. Pleased to be freed and infuriated for requiring aid, he attacked Drakothian, knocking him senseless in a single blow. Sigma was moved to ire and attacked the two-headed god. The sheer destructive power of this 12-day battle shook the mortal realms and created the mountains of Miraz and the Gouge Canyons. Eventually, the two gods retired, observed their ruined surroundings, and laughed. Seeing a god that could match his own battle lust, he clasped Sigmar's hand and agreed to fight alongside him. What's this latest beer was just poured for us, Mark? Oh, this was the uh, Sweetwater, the G13, 420 strain. Oh, so this is Sweetwater as well, out of mm-hmm. Atlanta. Yep. Nice. I didn't yeah. even recognize the label. Yeah, no, no. It's totally, it's uh, kind of like a dark horse uh, type yeah. labeling that they're doing. It's very uh, under the radar. And uh, no, I'm trying to get them all, buy them all, all the six packs <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> Yeah, most of the time the sweet water stuff you see is very bright and colorful, lots yeah, of blues and no, greens. This one, this one no, yeah, yeah. looks a lot more like those rogue, rogue dead guy. Yeah, no, labels. exactly. So here we are. We are back. We're going to talk about the realm of battle rules for grr, grr, the realm of beasts. Uh, so the first thing, the realm sphere magic, wizards know the following spell in battles fought in this realm, in addition to any other spells that they know. Uh, anybody want to read this one? Go for it. The wild form. Yes. The wizard transform. Uh, the wizard transforms their allies into swift moving bestial forms. 
Wild form has a casting value of 5. If successfully cast, pick a friendly unit within 12 inches of the caster that is visible to them. Add 2 to charge and run rolls made for the unit you picked until your next hero phase. Yeah, if you've got a close combat army, I love it. Yeah, no, I like that. Anything that helps with movement, yeah. trying to get you in. I know with corn, heavy hitters, corn and the daughters that came oh, both. Yeah. We want to get in there, oh, and yeah, I guess totally. that you would probably want that too with your archonauts. Yeah, why not? If I got the option, yeah, yeah. add two to front and charge. Yeah, those engine riggers. I'm gonna get those great. chainsaws in there like, for sure. You know, boosted with other you know abilities that you have to be able to do that. You know, and yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. Most of the time with the Daughters of Cain, the um, uh, one of the rules that I always choose for them is the one that you, uh, everybody in that war scroll gets plus one to their run and charge. You know, with this, if this spell goes off, I've got plus three to my run, plus three to my charge, and they're and they can daughter uh, the witch elves can run and charge. No, that's big right there. So they're right there. What? Yeah, if this spell goes off, just yeah. to have those extra four inches of yeah. movement, you can. That's awesome. You get all the way across the table yeah. in one turn yep. if you can make this spell happen. Yeah, I think um, what this lends back to is the realm stone uh, explanation that they have in the uh, you know in the explanation of the actual realm itself. Mm-hmm. So the they talk about the realm stone being these you know these um, fossils that they essentially find inside the rocks of bones and things yeah and, it says like amber yeah mm. and and when you harvest these it gives you the ability to basically do more yeah and channel so the, the energy yeah so once you learn how to um once you become attuned um to these to these you know to, to the realm stones uh, then then you can unleash the beast inside you essentially and then you I think that's what this is about. Oh, it's yeah. It's like the wizard attuning to that and then casting that inside another unit and then unleashing the beast. Have you seen uh, Role Models, the movie? It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Sean William Scott uh, and Christopher Mintz Place. Which one? What, what role Models. Oh, oh no, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. You know oh, yeah. No, I know Role Models. Uh the the two characters the reason that reminds me of it is the two characters at the beginning of the film they work for a company that's essentially Red Bull but mm. it's called Minotaur and their slogan is unleash the beast <laughs> yeah <Just like laughs> that's that nice. yeah yeah they so drink awesome. uh, yeah these bright green energy drinks and you know early in the film they're they've been drinking these things all day and they go <laughs> use the urinal and what's coming out of them it looks like um, ecto cooler <laughs> yeah, like that no, green ecto cooler like, like glow in the dark yeah oh, yeah man, that, this looks like shrek's piss yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah unleash the beast love it yeah the next uh the next rule monstrous beasts Mark, you want to share that one yeah we could do that uh monstrous beasts so after setup each player can set up a monster that is not a hero. Starting with the player that finished setting up their army first. These monsters are called monstrous beasts in the rules that follow. They are not part of either army. A monstrous beast can be set up anywhere on the battlefield that is more than 9 inches from any other monstrous beasts and more than 9 inches from models from either army. Yep, uh, and 
Go for it. All right. Continuing on, monstrous beasts choose their prey at the start of each battle round. Their prey for that battle round will be the army that has a unit closest to them. For the rest of the battle round, the monstrous beast joins the opposing army. If both armies have a unit equally close to a monstrous beast, roll off to determine who picks the monstrous beast's prey. Monstrous beasts will not pick each other as their prey. And note that a monstrous beast's prey can change each battle round, and monstrous beasts will swap sides depending on which army has the closest unit. Also note that a monstrous beast can attack any unit in their prey's army, not just the closest unit, and cannot itself be attacked or charged by units from the army it has joined. Wow. Yeah, that's it's a bit wow. complicated for what it is. Yeah. And this this is why tournaments will rarely use the realm of beasts as a uh, a, a realm for uh, games because this is a complicated rule and you are expected to bring your own extra monster to the table yeah. outside of what you've normally built as an army. Right. So for a tournament like we played Crucible, where mm. each game took place in a different realm, that would mean for one of the five games, we would be expected to bring one extra completely painted and pre prepared monster. There's a lot to expect of people for a tournament. Yeah. And who knows, like, the range of points that that would add. Yeah, and, the, and how and that the would complication. shake things up. Yeah. yeah, some of the monsters are 200 points, some of them are 500 points. Yeah. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a strategy to that, too, if you were going to do it in a tournament. Like, there's a reason they say here, also note, Monsters Beasts can attack units, uh, but cannot itself be attacked or charged by the army they're part of for that realm. Because I could see... I'm sure at some point someone said, "Okay, I know next turn I'm going to be in the range of the charge attack, but he's on my time on my side right now. I'm just going to kill it when it doesn't have a chance to attack me." That's yep. why they had to put that rule in there. You cannot get rid of this thing on your turn. You have to wait until you're the opponent and then uh determine now this unit's on your <laughs> a new unit's been added to your enemy's army and even if it's a unit you brought to the table. Yeah. Do you bring something super powerful? Do you bring something, you know, you know you can deal with? Yeah. Yeah. The danger is there. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. really just that unknown element. Yeah. Too many variables. Yeah. I know if I'm playing my orcs and goblins, I would bring the nastiest, biggest beast ever. I don't care if it attacks Yeah, me. because that's, I mean, what's the point? If you're in the realm of beasts and you don't bring the biggest thing, baddest yeah, no, thing you exactly. can... Come on, you're just you're not even here. Why are you even playing right. Age of Sigmar? If you're not bringing the biggest, baddest, nasty you can every single time, you're playing the wrong game. Yep. Age of Sigmar, big nasty monsters. Get out. Get out. Uh, so let's go into the Realmscape features, and then we'll double back talking about the different types of monsters. All right. So the Realmscape features, you roll the D6 and determine what the Realmscape feature is going to be. The one on all these Realmscape features is going to be the features. There is no feature. Nothing. The Realmscape feature has no effect on the battlefield. But yeah, that first one, Savage, Hinterlands. It seems the lands of this region pose no threat at the moment. That's a rarity. It is. <laughs> it is. No threat in the realm of beasts. At the moment. At the moment. I'll go ahead and do the next one. Uh, if you roll a two, it's hungering animus 
Even the landscapes are possessed of a predatory instinct, using avalanches or groundquakes to kill their prey. At the start of your hero phase, roll a dice. On a six up, pick a point anywhere on the battlefield. Roll a dice for each unit within six inches of that point. On a four up, the unit being rolled for suffers one mortal wound. On a six up, suffers D3 mortal wounds. This is very similar to what you see in other realms where, yeah, if you, each, each uh, player in their hero phase can just take a chance, roll a dice, and see if they can cause some damage that the, the, the land yeah. itself is attacking the mm -hmm. people within it. Yeah. Who, who wants to do the next one, number three? Uh, I will. Primal Violence. Here, every creature is red in tooth and claw, and both predator and prey. At the end of each combat phase, roll a dice. On a six plus, carry out the combat phase again before moving on to the battle shock phase. Do not roll again at the end of the second combat phase to see if a third combat phase takes place. Ooh, I like this. This could be messy. Oh man, this just shortens the game. It makes the game much shorter. <laughs> yep. Hopefully. Uh, oh yeah. You get, you get 30 witch elves in there, it's going to be a, a short game. And this is, a, <laughs> again, this is for corn. Yeah. The blood tithe. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this is so great for the blood tithe. Even if you're the one being wiped out in that second round of combat, yep. there's just blood tithe points coming yeah, up. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, all good with it. Yeah. Or death. Hey. Or death. Right. Oh, take yeah. an extra thing and take an extra combat phase and finish off my skeletons. And now I guess I would like skeletons. to bring them back next round. Yeah. Full strength, 40 skeletons. That's cool. Mark, you want to do the next one? Yeah, let's do that. Number four, reckless aggression. A philosophy of eat or be eaten is needed to survive amidst the wilderness. So any unit that is within 12 inches of an enemy unit at the start of their charge phase suffers one mortal wound unless they finish their charge phase within three inches of an enemy model. In addition, you can reroll hit rolls of one for units that have made a charge move in the same turn. Hmm. That's... I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah that's Get fine. in and fight. Yeah, that's in, yeah. And, if you, and to get that, um, you can reroll hit rolls of one... Oh, yeah. If you charge that turn. Oh, that's great. And that's every turn. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that There were some 8th edition rules that were kind of similar to that. Didn't the orcs have something like that? Or maybe the, the chaos did? Um, what, what was that old rule? Not fury. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't there a rule where you um, had to... Uh, frenzy? Frenzy. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah, right. it you had to charge... Frenzy. You had to charge if you were within charge range. Yes, yeah. correct. Yep. That, yeah, that reminds me Unless of you frenzy. passed a leadership test. Yep. 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 Yeah. And that, and that was a, that was a very corn uh, right there because yeah. they were like, I'm going to charge. I got to get yeah. in there. I'm, I'm going to Yeah, there. no matter. If I can see an opponent, I'm attacking that mm -hmm. opponent. Yep. Whether it's strategically viable or not, I'm, if I can see them, I can, I'm going to attack them. And this is definitely, you're committed to that reckless oh, yeah. aggression. Yeah. If you don't charge, you're suffering a wound. That, yeah, I like that one a lot. Wow. I'll do the next one, which is number five. Beasts of Gur. This is... <laughs> Gur. This is a realm of predators. An endless hunting ground where the strong survive and the weak are consumed. Roll off. The winner can set up an additional monstrous beast using the monstrous beast rules on the left. 
So if you roll five, now there are three yeah, random monsters no, on the table. Holy hell, this Ouch. place is... Ouch. And then what is number six? Territory of Beasts. Great migratory trails, crisis cross the lands. Or, or crisis? Oh, crisscross, sorry. Yeah. No, it's it, probably it is a crisis, going though. to be yeah, a crisis. No, it's going to be Maybe. a crisis for your army. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my subconscious was telling me, crisis, crisis. <laughs> crisis. <laughs> right there with you. All right. So great migratory trails crisscross the lands made by groups of hunting behemoths. Both players can set up an additional monstrous beast using the monstrous beast rules on the left. Yeah. So if you the roll left. five, three monsters, you roll four. Or you roll six, four monsters oh, on the table. Holy hell. Potentially, like, I don't know what the most expensive monster is, you know, probably around 500 points. So you could potentially have an extra 2,000 points on the table <laughs> if you roll a six. That is nutty. That yeah. is so That's nutty. crazy. I could see it. Just you know, harassing. Just, just, just going, you know, toe-to-toe, and then all of a sudden, oh, no. Oh, no, we got all this to contend with. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. All and, these and other factors. If one of these monsters ends up wandering over a uh, a, a point you need to control, like an objective, an objective that you need to take control. over. Yeah, oh, shit, you're not getting it. No, or, no. or you take the chance of having to fight this crazy monster. And there's yeah. some nasty monsters out there. There's a lot of nasty yes. monsters, and we should definitely spend some time yeah. talking about those. But this this right here is why. Most tournaments will not include this. At least they shouldn't without giving you a warning. Yeah. They should do it and not care. Honestly, <laughs> just throw you in there. I mean, that's At what Crucible, a tournament's I would, about. I would have been Screw frustrated. Because yeah. if, I, if I went to Crucible or, or one of these other local tournaments and uh, I didn't know that this was going to be a factor mm-hmm. and I didn't bring an extra monster... But no. my opponent brought two extra monsters right. and set yeah. them up in important places. That I mean, that, that immediately gives them board control and a chance to take advantage. And the monsters you pick too. What are the base sizes? You know, what do they do? Do they have shooting attacks? Are you vulnerable to their shooting attacks? Are you better off? You know, can you defend yourself from their attacks? Picking and choosing the right monsters in a tournament. If we're playing <laughs> not in a tournament and we just want to see some crazy. Realm of Beasts. Right. Chaos. Man, that's so much fun. Yeah. See, I, I, I'd rather just see the house bring the monsters in. You know? Oh. You're not responsible for it. You know what? You're playing in this. This is the rules. We're going to bring that random factor of the monsters in. That's cool, you know? too. And, you know, whatever. Maybe so. it's like whoever's currently at the lowest point level of the tournament gets to pick their monster first i could see that like the you know the, like yeah, hey fighting uphill john or nicholas would probably be me <laughs> hey nicholas yeah. come choose the monster first because you're losing yeah you know? there's like a table of monsters up front yeah. and you go and pick you're it like, in the worst and then role I'm, I'm gonna go I'm pick the biggest guy. baddest motherfucker out oh. there and i'm gonna <laughs> drop him down and you know good luck all right so this seems like the point where we talk about monsters all right all right, what monsters did you guys like? Oh, let's first talk about any anything. Let's talk mm. what monsters do you like thematically? Right. What mo- models mm. do you like? What stats do you like? Oh, my God. 
got in onto the uh, the Forge World yeah. website and just brought up the filter of monsters. Yeah. I didn't realize <laughs> how many oh, there were. Man, and how nasty they are. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I'm thinking I would love a lot of these on my side. Uh, not so yep. much. I would not, not want these against me. Nope. But that's Correct. the way it's going to be. Yeah. You know, it, if it, you, it, I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. You you put it out there. It's crushing Hell. your opponent, but now it's somehow gotten yep. too close to an objective, and you're going to have to face this thing you put on the table oh, yourself. Oh, man. Yep. I like this uh, dead maw. So it just, I'm I'm currently almost done reading Dune. Yeah. I've not oh, read Dune yeah. before. I'm almost done. I'm like the last. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the end here. I'm the last, the last stretch. Very nice. So seeing the list of, of beasts and seeing the dead maw, I'm like... All right, I'd love to put some destruction on the table in the yeah. form of some worm that comes up out of the ground. So seeing that was really cool. Um, and there's a very similar Reaper model. Yes. And Mark. Yep. Correct. Yeah. And then I was thinking, based on those Kickstarter Reapers that we did, one of us has that, mm-hmm. not me. Yep. So it's one of you two. And Mark has it. Yeah. And yes. It's Mark. No, I got that. Yeah. So it's awesome. Love I think it. you need to plan on putting the dead mall. We need to. Yep. I, I can't wait. The Dread to, Mall. Sorry. Not Dread, Dread Mall. Mall. I Dread cannot Mall. wait to Mall. play a couple games in the Realm of Beasts just to have these <laughs> the, these monsters on the table that I have. That's so fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What else jumps out at you? Um, Me or us in general? Uh, any of us. I like the Colossal Squig. <laughs> it is oh, man. so just. I, I'm looking at this thing and and I started you know reading the stats on it and I'm like this is so much fun. Do you remember the movie Critters? Yes, from I the do. early and 80s. That's what yeah. it reminds me of. It's yes. so awesome, you know, just so ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. It's something that's just the the squig is such a big part of the orc lore. Yeah, you know, you have some squigs, don't you, Nicholas? No, no, no squigs. What? Nope. But they, um, they're, yeah, they're so unique, and they're so they unique to Warhammer. Oh yeah. You know, I can't think of anything other than like talking about that '80s horror movie Critters. Yeah. I can't think of any other game that features something like the squig, just this ball of, just just feral killing machine. Yeah. This uncontrollable. Little, uncontrollable. It just wants to eat. It also reminds me of in uh, Labyrinth. Remember those guys mm-hmm. had those like little monsters on sticks? You know, when they're fighting yeah. Lugo or Ludo and they, they've got those little like little mouth things on oh, sticks yeah, that yeah. they're they're like mm-hmm. attacking him with because they just they like nibble on them and mm-hmm. they end up fighting each other with Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of the squigs. Just just brainless mouths constantly biting with teeth, the squigs. Oh, yeah. So seeing that monster squig out there, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And of course, there's the giant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, they said the 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 gargant, the ale guzzler gargant mm-hmm. matches because I think it has the monster keyword. Yes, but then you have the bone grinder gargant, yes. which is the you know the even bigger. bigger. Well, even what's bigger. the um, chaos gargant? Where does that factor in? Uh, oh, yes. Um... I'm not familiar with that one either. I know yeah, it exists. I don't know how know these exactly. three gargants yeah, compare to each other. One. It's uh, I don't have that on here. Why not? Because it's, it's not on, you filters. Got this. It's not yeah. on the top here. Yeah, you got that. There we go. 
there are there are gargants to choose from. Oh yeah. The Tomb Kings didn't they have a giant skeleton? That's not it's not a thing anymore. Okay. Yep, monster. So the Chaos Gargant is a monster. Mm-hmm. I uh, have one of the Reaper Dragons that I painted, and it was uh, there's a series the Reaper models. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with the line, check them out. I love the Reaper line of models, particularly if you're a D and D player or any RPG player. If you want a very specific type of model, you can go to their site and search. You know, I want a female spellcaster with a staff. You can search those key terms, and you'll they'll, you'll find a list of models that that fit those descriptions. They have a uh, a series they've been recreating called Dragons Don't Share. And I ended up getting the second Dragons Don't Share set, and it's this big mm-hmm. dragon with wings. And I've painted him red, and I've made it to be uh, replace the Forge World Carmine Dragon, which I believe is something like a 480 point uh, war scroll, the Carmine Dragon. And I looked it up, I didn't know that Carmine was another type of red. I don't know how I didn't know Carmine was the type of red. I read it when I first read it. I read it as Carmine Dragon. And I was thinking it was like a dragon from New Jersey. Like, <laughs> hey, Carmine. Hey. Uh, so, yeah, the Carmine Dragon sounds like a great option. It's definitely one of the ones I would bring. I would also really like to bring uh, the War Hydra or the Charybdis. Oh, yeah. No, those are awesome. I love those from the Dark Elf line. They flavor wise, I don't feel like they fully fit because they have keepers. Do you know what I mean? That so the kit comes with the two dark elves that are whipping yeah, right. them oh, into yep. shape, yep. and so that's on the war scroll as well shape. as on the model. So, as much as I love those models, the, just that reason makes me think they don't fit into Gur. What about you, Mark? Hmm. No. I agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that you know, where you come from there. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, monsters that you would want to bring? Oh, that I would want to bring. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at this Forge World Magma Dragon. Ooh. I didn't know this existed before, but I started looking at the stats, and this thing is just brutal, brutal. <laughs> brutal. I, you know, I wouldn't want to fight against it, but Mm-mm. man, would I love it in my court, you know? <laughs> well, and uh, yeah. What, like, what about it do you like hell i just love the the damage potential i mean yeah the, the, the magma the, oh, yeah. the mortal wound damage potential oh yeah you know it it's it's not honestly the uh you know the most uh outspoken model that they have out there i don't there. like the model it's uh it's a little I don't know, it's not to like, be too ju- no, judgmental no no, no, no I, I i agree i don't i don't like the model there's not a lot of for something called the magma dragon and the you know, stats you know, it's a little, uh, I'm going to say, like, just kind of like doughy to me. It's just kind of there, yes. you know. It's, uh, but the stats, mm-hmm. it kicks ass. Yeah. I could totally see taking a model from another manufacturer. Yes. And totally proxying it as the Magma Dragon. Oh, totally. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because it is very, it, I don't, it's, a, it's a vanilla dragon. Yeah. I like the model. But yeah. when you talk about uh, the stats and the magma dragon, it does not fit. No, it's not. No, it's exactly. not correct. Yeah. When yeah. you th- it, th- this is a massive model mm-hmm. in this 
it's 20 wounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's 20 wounds. Man. Yeah. It has fire breathing capabilities for missile attacks. It has, you know, all these things. It's like this thing needs to be like epic. Yeah, when when I look at a demon, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I was to think a demon that's going like a demon to prince. a demon prince that's going to put out fire damage. I wouldn't think of the demon prince that they have as a model. I would think like the Balrog. Yeah, that embodies oh, man, that now all of a sudden it that embodies the demon prince. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. When I look at the magma dragon, I don't see that no, level. It, yeah, you know what I mean. I do absolutely know what you mean, and that's not to be critical of these amazing artists. And that's a fantastic model. It just doesn't yeah. match the war scroll. That model does not match yeah. the war scroll. No, I was going to say, it doesn't, doesn't yeah. match the aesthetic that I would think. And I think I would enjoy having that model. I would enjoy painting that model. I Oh, definitely. I, yeah. it, I wouldn't want to put it on the table and think, this is my ferocious magma dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, it does not fit the no, aesthetic of no, the exactly. rest of Age of Sigmar. Because it yeah. looks like it needs cuddles. It does need cuddles. <laughs> yeah. It's a sweet cuddle dragon. Yeah, exactly. It looks a little turtle-ish. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, if I played my Greenskins yes. army, mm-hmm. if I had a rogue idol, then mm. I could also get another one. And then if we played in the Realm of Beasts, I could then drop another rogue idol on the table. Yeah. And then I'd have two rogue idols. So table. long as it's... Yeah, that's interesting. It doesn't say anything either way. It says when the model is closer to your enemy mm-hmm. it is part of so what does that mean for the rules if there are rules that help your army on that war scroll oh. do you know what I mean yeah, if it was no, something exactly. that you're, you're kind of just like leaving yourself open for you know all the buffs or you know whatever comes across with it you know so yeah I don't think there's anything on uh, well there is something on there that says add one to the bravery characteristic of friendly oryx yeah friendly grot units that's yeah. That's that the kind of thing I'm talking. Within eighteen inches. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you can like if, if that's that's a buff that you get. So if you know you're going to play in a competitive game, and you can find monsters that can contribute to your army one way or the other, they might be more valuable than just the biggest stat that you can put on the mm, table. Yeah. The uh, on the flip side, the daughters of Cain have the mind raiser spell. The Mind Razor spell says that they can, uh, they're more effective when they have the higher leadership score. So if you can put monsters on the table that lower your enemy's leadership score, definitely yep. works oh, in your favor. You know, so find yeah. some monsters that yep. lower the enemy's leadership. Yep. Yeah. Like a, and, um, I'm trying to think of the name. Maybe a honest. death one. Um, yeah, death. The Terrorgeist. Um, Terrorgeist, yep. Yep. I don't know if the Morngul, I think the Morngul does. Okay. And that's an exclusively Forge World one. What if the Chimera? I don't know if the Chimera. Chimera. When I at Crucible, the last guy I played had a Chimera in his army. It, yeah. The attack from the Chimera was terrifying. I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I did everything I could to get that Chimera off the table immediately because of the uh, ranged attack that it oh, did. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, mm. it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. But I could see some fun opportunities, of course, because it's orcs, right? Oryx, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's you got to have something crazy and fun yeah. in there. 
is like if I had a rogue idol on the table and then dropping a rogue idol on the table and then somehow throughout the game end up fighting the rogue they idol. They end up fighting each right? other. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I That's could definitely amazing. yeah, that you would know? be fun to just to just do that. I if I wanted to make that happen, I would paint one rogue idol blue and the other one red mm. and then when they finally fought it would look like rock'em sock'em robots <laughs> <laughs> and build that sort of like you know mechanics yeah. into it where they're just like <laughs> <laughs> yep uh you were talking about mark yes the chaos beasts that were yeah. available oh yeah, yeah which which ones are those well the ones i was looking for were the uh the hell brutes and the uh Mutalex Vortex Beast. Mutalith, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but... I, it's they're, they're an option. They are an option in there. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see those in there. Yeah. Those, I, I haven't seen those enough on the table, you no. know, at any sort of convention, any sort of, you know, gaming. You know who um, I, I miss yeah. is uh, Lord Tremendous and oh, his, his yeah. YouTube channel. When Age mm. of Sigmar made the switch from... He torched it, didn't yeah. he? He 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 rage quit. He was and he and his uh, like shame. like main. I, I I don't know. I don't know how close they were, but he was one of the ones that rage quit. And I guess a friend of his had a beautiful dark elf army. That uh, yeah, dark elf army that was a, a collection I envied because I was building towards it. And a man of minor means, it took me a long time to collect this whole dark elf army and this other guy already had everything I wanted mm-hmm. paid for assembled, not painted, but paid for and assembled. And he saw age of Sigmar camp come out and he took his uh, army out in the field and he doused it with lighter fluid and burned it all the ground and then recorded it. And you can see it on YouTube. You can see this guy burning his dark uh, elf army in the ground. And just, if you're going to do that, that for me, if I were to say, I'm mad at Games Workshop, I'm going to take this $100 bill and burn it because I'm mad at Games Workshop. Yeah. What is the difference? Yeah. You know, I mean, symbolically, maybe, but just just burned, literally just burned money. Oh, yeah. Give it to charity. Give, well, it, and, give and, it to like give kids the world and let them sell it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I guess, I guess that's a form of protest. I get it. But it's like those people burning their Nikes. Yeah, but what is it? Who's it hurting? It just makes you look stupid. Yeah, because there's so many other games that you can use these models for. Yeah, or just give them to someone, or trade them, or sell or them. Sell them. There you go. You can always put them to use like that. Yeah. So. If you if you you want to do the same thing, you know, make make a big deal, make a video, a protest video, but. Mm-hmm. Don't don't waste money for no reason. Just because you just remove that money from our economy. It might even be a small amount, you know, it's two hundred dollars, whatever, but three hundred dollars. I'm sure that was that looked more like a four hundred dollar army, but anyway. Yeah. You just remove those four hundred dollars from our economy. That could have fed some people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's messed up. Yeah. That you or give it away to someone who can't afford it. You, you right. find someone at your Pass local gaming club. Hey man, yeah. yeah. Just so you know, I've noticed in the app that you can 
actually pull up um, monsters that you may mm-hmm. have not noticed. Yes, yep. that were without the hero. So yeah, so Forge World and uh, Games Workshop both you can do that. Well, yeah, and when I would bring up the lists to do a goblin army, for mm-hmm. example, I didn't have the option to just choose an Arachnorock spider. I By always itself. had right, but now that I look into the war scrolls i see mm-hmm. that there is a separate war scroll just for arachnorok by itself for just an arachnorok even though it has the same image with the hero on top and mm-hmm. the goblins i would say that's okay because there's a separate war scroll and that's the rule in the book is choose a monster from age of sigmar there's a war scroll for it in the app yeah i can now go choose an even though my model has a hero on it, I'm not going to play that hero's right. stats. But I can still put my Iraq and Rock out there. So long as the War Scroll doesn't have the hero keyword. Yeah. yeah. That just sounds like, yeah. man, this is, like every once in a while, let's go to Gur, yeah. bring some monsters out, and just have some fun. Yep. I like that. That sounds like a fun... I'm it, ready. I got my Iraq and Rock spider. You right got now. your Iraq and Rock. Come on. I've got... Uh, and you need to... You, Mark needs to paint his Dread Maul. Yeah, man. Yes, I do. I need to bring that on the table. I've got a couple of giants from Reaper I haven't painted yet. I've yeah, that skeletal giant. I'll just like just play it. it. Yeah, just play them in. Just play them as a regular giant, even though he's skeletal. And like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of. It it, it sounds like a lot of fun to do these rules, but I definitely understand why people keep them out of the tournament. Yeah, agreed. All right, so this feels like a good break point. Why don't we pause, take another break, and then we'll talk about the Realm of Beasts, magic, and artifacts from the Lion Portance book. Okay. All right, break time. Let's do it. The wild amber magic of Gur was driven to new heights of ferocity by the Necroquake's waves without knowing or questioning how Bestial shamans unleash the primal energies of the realm of beasts in ways they never had before, while learned wizards marveled at the things they could now achieve. Here we go. Hey! Hey! Artifacts of the realm of beasts. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, Yep. Realm of beasts. Artifacts. Beast. Artifacts. Back from our break, we're gonna talk about artifacts. You know what? Uh, and magic. Why don't we do magic? You guys want to do artifacts first or magic first? I don't care. What do you want? To call it? Artif- we're want? already on artifacts. You. Let's talk artifacts. Let's do it. Uh, who wants to go first? Stonehorn blade. Mark wants to go first. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Oh, wait, wait. Storm. What? What are you talking about? Oh, there we go. All right. Artifacts of power. All right. Excellent. The stone horn blade. Carved from the horns of a mythical beast, this blade strikes with the force of an avalanche. Ooh, I like that. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be a stone horn blade. Roll a dice at the end of any phase in which any wounds were inflicted by that weapon. On a five up, you can pick an enemy with unit within three inches of the bearer. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Huh. 
Yeah, it's interesting. So you can you can attack a unit, yeah, and pick that same unit to get these D three, or right. pick another unit nearby. Yeah, so you have that option D three at least. Yeah. yeah. All right. I hate That's the options where it comes down to a five up or a six up to then get off some sort of it's, D three. It's these yeah, different layers. It's, it's, layers it, of success. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it, it's very subjective. You know, you're like, I'm taking a chance. Yeah. I'm just like totally and you know what? You may not it may not happen at all. Like I I'm gonna I take would roll this once. artifact. Right. I'm gonna yeah. take this artifact. Yeah. I'm gonna roll ones yeah. and miss out on the opportunity Exactly. It's it, from something it's else. not a sure that, shot at all. And it's that once or maybe twice per game, yeah. you'll even have the opportunity to make this roll. Uh, usually, yeah. to keep things simple, when I look at artifacts, I go straight for the artifacts that are just a basic thing. So yeah. doppelganger no, exactly. cloak, yeah, is great. The uh, miasmatic blade from the realm of shadow, yeah. I took as well, which is just a, a straight up minus one to hit. It's a blade. But it's it produces shadow, so it's a minus one to hit for the bear. Right, right. Mm. It's those kind. Of, I like those kind of static, like the entire game long. This effect is going to be in place, yeah. unlike this one where you have to make the roll. Yeah, no, exactly. You're going all in with this one. Yeah, yeah, and you, you have. Know, to... And there's a few of those that I kind of glanced over that you're doing that too. You're going all in. It's all or nothing, and most of the time it's going to be nothing. And for me, <laughs> I have to create, like, I, I've got all these cards I use mm -hmm. for all my different mm -hmm. items and abilities. Yeah. So I would have to create a card for this and have it in my deck. You know, my little, like, hmm. Magic the Gathering deck I bring with my Warhammer right. army that I'm, you know, remember, my little reminder of myself, don't forget to put those, do that roll. Yeah. Otherwise I forget. Yep. Oh, we've all been there. I <laughs> wanna, I'm going to do the next one because right. the next one is the one I would actually take in my Oh, army. all right, cool. And Rahira's Claw. This blade strikes with the incredible power of its namesake. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be An Rahira's Claw. If the wound roll for that weapon is 6 up, add 2 to the damage characteristic of that weapon for the attack. Well, add 2. Add two. Not it. It doesn't become two. You're adding two adding to two. it. Adding two. So if it was one, uh, now it's two. If it was two, now it's four. I like that. I know it's on a six up, but if if I was gonna pick one of these, any of these to add to a Daughters of Cain mm -hmm. army, I would give this to a Slaughter Queen or a Hag Queen. Yeah. Because the the amount of attacks that they have, so there's a chance that at least with a high reroll, one is coming up. They. Depending on what's going on, they it's. I would uh, say they they get to reroll wounds pretty commonly. Yeah. Can you hear, can you hear my dog, my my puppy, my puppy. She really likes this artifact too. She does. Yeah, she's she a big does. Fan. She's it's a big realm fan. of beasts, so I, she's yeah. Yeah, and I and I and I think the reason why is because on the previous artifact, you would do the wounds. And then you would have to roll an additional die and mm -hmm. get five up. Yeah. yeah. On any wound. So you could have done four wounds and then you roll four dice, right? Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. look to see if you get five ups. Man, this one is saying any of the wound rolls that were already six up, you're not re rolling an additional die. No. Yeah. So I feel like you're rolling less die. Like you're rolling less dice. Does that help you out? in here well better than if, if you've got one of those 
combat characters where like the round four for the daughters of Cain, they're re-rolling all ones to wound. So if I'm rolling, you know, say five wound rolls, pretty decent chance that one of them's going to be a six. And if I, if one of them's a one, then another chance to roll a six. So, uh, and there's other ways to get re-rolls. And I, I think this is saying, if the wound roll for the weapon is a six up, when does the modifier happen? Because I think the modifier happens after re-rolls. So if I had something that was already giving me a plus one to my wound characteristic, you know, some kind of spell or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really like this one. I like the chance that one of my attacks, instead of it being one damage, is going to be three damage. Yeah. That's a big difference. We were just talking yeah. about, off mic, about uh, this opportunity I had to kill Nagash with Marathi and how it came down. Nagash had three wounds left, and I missed an attack that would have done four wounds. If that wound had landed, or if any of these other wounds had landed, it, it would have made a huge difference. And so definitely thinking about my daughters at King, because that's where my, most of my focus is. I have a lot of really cheap heroes. The uh, Hag Queen is 60 points. It is nothing to put one of these Hag Queens out there and sneak her around and put some find a vulnerable place to land her and have a have a weapon like this where I I can sneak in on a hero and really do some damage. Yeah, no, totally. I like this weapon a lot. Yeah. What's the next one? What right. do you want to do? The Amber Glaive. The ancient weapons known as Amber Glaives will reshape themselves in a moment so as to reach the foe. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be an Amber Glaive. Add one inch to the range characteristic of that weapon to a maximum of three inches. In addition, add one to hit rolls for that weapon. Those are two very big statistic changes. Yeah. And they're two very different. That's every attack. It's not, hey, you roll a six, you get this. It's, yeah. Every attack gets plus one inch. All right, so my realm of beasts is telling me it's time for a break. So let's let's keep talking about the Amberglaive, and then we'll, and then I'm gonna go deal with this little tiny little beast. Yeah. But the she I, owns you. She does. Yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah. first and time dog. She's so stinking adorable. Parent for for parent, uh, and she this is the yeah the cutest dog I think I've ever seen. I'm so happy to have this dog, but. Yeah, she's three months old, and uh, I think she needs to go out. It sounds like she needs to go out. She's ready for a break. Uh, but about the Amberglaive, yeah, the two things. Add one inch to the range characteristic of the weapon. That seems to me, in my experience, to be a... And Luna, my puppy, agrees mm -hmm. with me. It seems to be a relatively minor thing, that one inch range difference. It's, you have to be very good doing your pile in for that one inch instead of two inches to be important. I don't know how many times you guys have encountered this, but that one inch instead of two inches, I mean, if you're clever and you plan, because this is a hero, mm -hmm. and you being able to do your three inch pile in 
and then attack two inches away, if you're clever, you can get to someone who's protected, which is what this is really for, right? Yeah, right. To get to that protected hero, which is pretty... It's, it's great if you can capitalize on it, but how oh, often? Sure. Yeah, it's going to be yeah few and fur between, honestly. But if you can't capitalize it, you get that second you factor. Still get the, you still get the add one to hit rolls. Yeah. Add one to hit rolls isn't bad. No, I, I think bad. that's all around a good... Yeah. The Amber Glaive. Yeah. It reminds me of the Krull. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite mm. terrible 80s sci-fi yes. movies, Krull. Fantasy <laughs> sci-fi. Love it. They got the Glaive. It's that five-pointed, like, claw weapon the guy throws oh, in those good. movies. It's like a ninja star that you would make in, uh, you know, school. In school, yeah. yeah. But he can control it with his mind. and Yeah. But he only uses it I for one scene in the movie, even though it's the most powerful weapon on the planet. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. The glaive. This is the amber glaive. It's like Voltron sword. Mark, you want to do the blade of carving? Let's do that. Uh, so number four, the blade of carving. Now, this blade seeks the perfect spot to separate meat from the bone. Uh, pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be a blade of carving. If a hit roll for an attack with the weapon is six up, the wound roll for that attack is automatically successful. So, all right. It's still a solid weapon. It is. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like all these all these weapons come back to heroes that are doing lots of attacks. And if I'm hmm. if I've got a hero that's gonna you know I'm gonna roll five attacks with this one weapon. Yeah. This is nice. No, exactly. No, yeah. No, that's to pretty just good. just forego yeah. that wound roll. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very much like the blood letters. If they score a six up. You know, automatically wounds. Automatically wounds, and it's a mortal wound too. This yeah, it's a regular wound. Yeah, no, but but it's still, still it automatically no, it's hits. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, no. Skip that whole roll. Exactly, because usually that's when you fail. All right, so this is number five, <laughs> the Rage Blade. All the bestial anger of Gur was poured into the forging of this blade. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be a Rage Blade. Add one to the attacks characteristic of this weapon. This is one we've seen yeah. in all the realms so far. Oh, There's man. at least one weapon that will give you plus one to your attacks characteristic. Yeah. yeah, if I had a hero that was going to do something like D3 wounds or D3 damage yeah. to get that extra attack that was potentially going to do that difference, then yes. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't take it. Yeah, no. No, exactly. Depends on you know, the, yeah. the damage output. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Rock jaws. There we go. When thrown at the foe, this steel sprung trap will clamp down tightly enough to penetrate metal, flesh, and bone. In your shooting phase, you can pick an enemy unit within eight inches of the bear that is visible to them and roll a dice. On a three up, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Rock jaws. Rock jaws. If, yeah, if I didn't have anything to do in the shooting phase, nice. Nice to just add something in the shooting phase to not waste the entire shooting phase like I do with my Daughters of the Game most of the time. Not that it's wasted, but. What's it? I mean, it's a three up to do D3 mortal wounds. That's not bad. No, that's great. Three up to do D3 mortal wounds. Yeah. And it's not like you're taking away from another shooting weapon. You're just saying, no. 
in addition to anything else that you do. You got to be close enough. Shoot. So, again, bringing it back to my daughter as a cane, I can yeah, maybe I put this on the cauldron of blood, you know, and then I, I keep the cauldron of blood behind the witch elves. So they're never going to be, she, she's never going to be closer than eight inches. So I keep her just that eight inches away, and I have a chance to do on a three up. I do D three wounds in the shooting phase. It's not bad. I I can't. I, this is another one where I, I I don't know why I would I would never pick this. What about you guys? Nah. I'll yeah. see it happen. I can't think of a circumstance where I would pick this compared to all the other options. All right, artifacts of power, relics of Gur. Mark, you want to do the first one? Yes, the artifacts. All right, so number one, the beast collar's bones. These jangling charms mesmerize the beasts of the realm. Start of the combat phase, roll a dice for each monster within three inches of the bearer. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. If you'd want the monsters within three inches inches of you on a five up the monster being rolled for cannot attack this phase if the monster is a mount the rider may still attack with their own weapon as normal mm. so that's very defensive it's that's, neat it, and it, it is but uh I, if you had i can only see if you had a meta where there were a lot of heroes yeah riding monsters if everybody had a Star Drake or yeah. some, uh, um, what's the orc one? Um, the Maul Crusher. The Maul Crusher yep. Yep. or something yep. like that. If that was like, if everybody was running something like that, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe. That's it. Five up. Five up. Shut it down. That's a it's a risky roll. Yeah. It's a risky roll, and you're counting on someone else bringing a monster. Yeah. I, this is only an artifact if I was doing some kind of com campaign in Gur. Yeah. Gur. Some Gur. Right. Because there's no reason why you would not You would give up the ability to add one to your hit rolls, add one to your range. Yes. Three up to do D3 mortal wounds. All these other things. This thing you know, is... add two to your damage. Mm -hmm. It's yep. so specific about yep. monsters. No. Nobody's going to yeah. do this unless it's a thematic thing or they've got it. If we were doing a campaign... No, that'd be different. Where you could get this thing for free. Yeah. You no, know, where we, we would just yep. like, I won the last game and this was given to me as a random roll from the last game. That right. kind of campaign. That would be different. All right, the next one is the dragon-forged plate. Forged in the fire of dragons and quenched in their blood, this plate is proof against the great beasts that roam the realms. So the dragon-forged plate allows you to re-roll save rolls of one for the bearer against attacks that have a random damage characteristic. What? what? Random damage characteristic, meaning that your damage D3. is D3, mm -hmm. D6. Your yep. damage is not just a fixed number. It's D3 or D6. Yeah. Most okay. of the time, that's a monster. Yeah. I think more often than not, the monsters are the ones with the multiple. Right. Uh, or a spell. Random. True. Yeah. Or a spell. This is. There's a lot of things that do D3 when the, mortal wounds. When I see this, yeah, agreed. Most of the time when I see this, I think of monsters. But you're right. Like there are a lot of heroes out there that have a have a random damage characteristic. So one, you might not get a roll on D three mortal wounds. Oh, oh, 
because it's it's a save roll of one. So yeah. You may not get a save roll for mortal wounds. Yeah, because it's just adding to the save roll. Yeah. Well, it's re-rolling save rolls of one. Yeah. So now you're talking about attacks that do D3 damage or D6 damage or something like that. Yeah. So you've got your minus two rend. I, I roll my save. I roll a one. I roll again. I still need to roll, you know, above your save roll. It's, this isn't awesome. I, I mean, it's... No. You have to be rolling against a multiple wound characteristic and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. So the next one, uh, Nicholas, is yours. Number three. The Griff Feather Charm. Rarely do these feathers fall, and those who manage to acquire one are lucky indeed. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target the bear. In addition... Add one inch to the bear's move characteristics. That, I like this. Because I was taking that miasmatic blade before from mm. the Realm of Shadow, and all that was doing was the minus one to hit rolls. Mm. So this is minus one to hit rolls and yeah. add one to their movement. Yep. Yeah. That that has that same flavor, you know, of 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 the the weapon that did two things at one time as mm-hmm. well, you know? I like um, this one. This does two things. That's great. I think this, if if the meta, and we don't really talk about meta because we don't play a shit ton of games, but <laughs> if the meta was shooting, and I think about meta and shooting because I tend to think of my list building with the KO and the dwarves in mind yeah. because I feel I, I face so much shitting, shitting, some so much shitting shooting from you, Nicholas. Yeah, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. That that I have to plan my list with some defense against shooting. Oh, totally. And this is a great artifact for some defense against shooting. You get mm-hmm. your plus one movement and your minus one to hit. That's great. For, for my it. cauldron of blood. Yeah, no, that's great because you're getting across the board right there. And you have the minus one. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this is great. All right, Mark. Gargant. Oh, the Gargant Bow Dice. Yeah, this is the one we like right here. So when rolled, these dice shake the ground with the force of a falling giant. So once per battle in the hero phase, you can declare that the bearer will roll their Gargant Bone Dice. If you do so, roll three dice for each roll of a five up. Each enemy unit within six inches of the bearer suffers d3 mortal wounds so that's pretty good potential i love this one yeah thematically this is fun i know exactly because it's dice it's dice rolling dice everything in this game is about rolling dice so to have internally hey random your hero has their own handful of three dice and once per game they can roll their three dice and on a five up they cause a shit ton of wounds yep i I love this and, and I, I would not strategically in a tournament pick this. Huh. I would pick this if we were going to play a game and it's like, hey, everybody, tonight I'm from this realm and here's my bone. Dice. I like that. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, Nicholas, you're the Shardfist. Shardfist pelt. This jagged cloak tears at any foe who comes too close. Each time you make a save roll of six up 
For the bearer in the combat phase, the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound after all of its attacks have been made. Which, you know, it's what you're shooting for. Yeah. But how often are you rolling six ups? Could be good. If you if you had if it's ten times, if you rolled oh well Yeah, you know, true. Like if you're if you're gonna you put someone out there where they're gonna face a mob yeah. and your opponent yeah, is making ten plus attacks, there's gonna be at least a six in there. Most likely. Right. Yeah, a chance to do a wound back. And I with the Daughters of Cain list I run, I run the one unit of thirty with the bladed bucklers, where I'm hoping for that six up save where I do a mortal wound back. And then I do a prayer martyr sacrifice where on a five up, uh, each each model slain on a five up, they do a mortal wound back. So the whole point of that unit is to do mortal wounds back. So if I had a hero nearby, the one that's giving them the martyr sacrifice prayer, maybe I put this on her. Yeah. Hmm. You know, just make it everything about that block about if you attack me, you're paying for it. Yeah. Yep. You know? All right, go for it. Tuscom. Oh, is that me? Uh, the wearer crashes into the foe with the force of the mightiest of charging beasts. Roll a dice for each enemy unit within one inches of the bearer after the bearer completes a charge move. On a four up, the unit being rolled for suffers one mortal wound. This is very much the, the chariot rule for a lot of the, you know, the with the daughters of Cain. Yep. They have the cauldron of blood yep. as a chariot. Most chariots right. are or charging creatures have a similar rule. So basically you're putting on your hero, you're giving them this effect. Would this stack with a hero that's already on a chariot? Uh, it should. I would like to think so. I would yeah. think so. Why yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you got a hero that's going to charge anyway, and you're no. counting on them charging anyway. No, exactly. It makes it that much more desirable. Yeah. yeah might as well give them a chance to do one more mortal wound. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, those are artifacts for Gur. What, what do you, how do you guys feel about these? They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. There's some fun. Yeah. I really like that Amrahir's claw. Hmm. That that's my favorite in this list. What about you guys? Mm. The Grith Feather charm. I also like the Grith Feather charm a cool. lot. If I if I had a hero that I just like I don't want them to fight. I want them to be hard to kill so minus one to hit them and they can just they, they are fast fast yeah. and hard to hit I like that one or the amber glaive and I think it's because both of those do two things mm, yeah and I like that you get two opportunities out of they, they're, they're doing more work than the rest that are in the list yeah so I could see you f looking at who your hero is that you want to put it on mm -hmm. and looking at either one and saying, eh, the Griff Feather Charm would be better or the Amber Glaive would be better. I like that idea. If I was going to commit to an army from the Realm of Beasts, I would be picking one of those three artifacts. Yeah. I see you looking around. I don't know if it's showing up on the on the mic. It's raining pretty hard right now. And, it, of course, this is... Uh, this is Orlando, Florida at 1 a.m., and it's pouring rain because yeah. we live in a swamp. Yeah. It <laughs> oh, yeah. is not the sunshine capital of the world. It no. is the thunderstorm capital of the world. No, we this is our snow right here. Yep. yep. Does anybody need a break before spells. we do spells? Go right to it. Come on. Do we it. Got it. The amber spear. The wizard conjures a lance of pure amber and hurls it towards the foe. The amber spear 
has a casting value of 6. If successfully cast, pick a point on the battlefield within 12 inches of the caster that is visible to them and draw an imaginary straight line, 1 millimeter wide. between 1 millimeter! Point, 1 millimeter! 1 millimeter! And that point, or in the closest part of the caster, each unit other than the caster that has models passed across by this line suffers one mortal wound. So this is 8th edition to the present day. This yep. is a very familiar type of spell. Mm-hmm. We are drawing a line, and everything under the line takes a wound. It's not model, right? It's every unit. Yeah, no, it's every unit. So Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's nah. that's less that's that's less impactful. Nah. Yeah, I'd love it every model. Every, every model. model that cuts a line. That's true, because that's, that's kind it. of You're old school, too. Yep, hell yeah. with all of you. Uh, I'll go. Okay. Uh, bestial spirit. So a feral spirit of a great beast is summoned into existence by the wizard to rampage through the enemy lines. So the bestial spirit has a casting value of six. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the caster that is visible to them. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, if the unit suffers three mortal wounds from the spell, subtract one from its bravery characteristic until your next hero phase. So, hmm. Nice damage spell. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get a bit of a range the to D, it. I mean, when you're talking about damage spells, yeah. D3 is pretty much the flat expected. And it's yeah. nice to have that extra minus one bravery if you do yeah. manage to roll right. that five get or six. Get the three. Yep. yep. Get the kicker. Yeah. The next one is Flock of Doom, which is not Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> flock. Same thing. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Flock of Doom. Reaching to the skies, the wizard brings down a swarm of vicious birds to peck and claw at the enemy. And that wizard's name is Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. <laughs> Flock of Doom has a casting value of six. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the caster that is visible to them and roll 12 dice. For each six up, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. I, I, I like it. Statistically, you're going to get two mortal wounds. Probably. Right. But I love that uh, that chance. Yeah. That you roll five sixes and the opponent's like, what? So looking at Bestial Spirit versus Flock of Doom. All right. So the caster... Caster rolls casting value of six, 18 inches, D3 mortal wounds. Uh, Flock of Doom, casting value of six. 18 inches of the caster, 12 dice, 6 up, 1 mortal wound. Yeah. Statistically, those are pretty much the same, right? Hmm. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but there's opportunity for more there's than... Higher opportunity to do more wounds with the second one. It's a chance. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. The other one, you're guaranteed to subtract one... No, you're not. They have to suffer 3 mortal wounds for the bravery, so it's only on 5 up. You get the minus one bravery. On one dice. On one dice. I mean, if I if I had to pick one of these, I'm picking, oh, absolutely, Flock of Doom every time. Yeah, I think so. Every time. All right. Who's next? Impenetrable hide. The wizard's skin hardens and grows thick fur, protecting it against even the strongest of blows. Impenetrable hide has a casting value of six. If successfully cast... You can re-roll failed save rolls 
for the caster until the start of your next hero phase. Failed save rolls. If I had an army where the caster was my general and my entire army hinged upon the general's survival. So if I, if like, like coming back to the daughters of Cain, if Marathi's my general and everything in my army depends on Marathi staying alive, then I would use a spell. Otherwise, there's no way I would use this spell. It's only if, if my army was completely dependent on my caster staying alive. Yeah. So for your cauldron of blood. Well, it's a, it's a spell. Mm-hmm. And they're not spell casters. Yeah, they, you have to be a caster. And this is not a, yeah. the, the cauldron's not a spell caster. All right, Mark. There you get the next one. I do? Yeah. Oh, a cower. Transfixing a beast with a steely glare, the wizard briefly binds the creature to their will. Cower has a casting value of six. If successfully cast, pick an enemy monster within 12 inches of the caster that is visible to them and roll 2d6. If the result is higher than the monster's bravery characteristic, it cannot make a charge move in your opponent's next turn. So Cower, again, Realm of Beasts, talking about monsters. You're, if, you, if you're taking this spell, you're counting on your opponent having a monster in their list. You're counting on mm-hmm. yourself having the opportunity to cast the spell on a monster that's within 12 inches of your caster. And if you, even if you have the, uh, the spell portal, it says within 12 inches of the caster. It doesn't say the range is 12 inches. So you can't use a spell portal under those circumstances. So I cannot imagine someone putting this, assigning this to their spell caster before the game starts, like choosing this spell. Even if, yeah. the, if the meta, if you know your opponent is always going to bring a monster and you know that opponent is always going to try and charge that monster at your caster, that's the only time I can imagine someone bringing this. And I, I, I think most, based on the tournament that we did together at Crucible, mm-hmm. most opponents will have a monster in their list. Sure. But you are designating one spell for your caster for one specific unit of the the opponent you know yeah and it, and you have to roll 2d6 and that end result has to be higher than the monster's yep. bravery characteristic so say it has a bravery characteristic of 6 and you're hoping and and that means it's a monster that doesn't have a hero on its back for, usually, uh, like a monster with a hero on its back is going to have a really high bravery. Right. I cannot. I don't know how I would ever use this. Right. All right, Primal Hunter. All right, here we go. Primal Hunter, summoning the spirits of legendary beast slayers. The wizard bestows the speed and skill of these peerless hunters on an ally. Primal Hunter has a casting value of eight. If successful... If, I'm sorry, if successfully cast, pick a friendly hero within 12 inches of the caster that is visible to them, re-roll failed charge rolls, and also re-roll hit rolls for that hero until your next hero phase. Hmm. I like it. 
if if you're gonna if yeah. you know you're gonna run their your hero in. Yeah, and I think if your attacky hero is also a wizard, I think you can cast this on yourself. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say yeah, no, totally, you could do that. So, yeah, yeah, Eat I up. like it. It's a good. It's, it's a good option. F- big heroes that are casters. Yeah, and again, this is. Mm. I mean, this is, is a blood. Is a bloodthirster a caster? No. Oh no, no. they don't deal with magic. Hmm. No it's magic. Right. That's right. Corn. Corn is no magic. No, no magic for corn. Corn no rules. Corn wizards rules, drool. Wizards drool. <laughs> That's exactly it. Get it right. Yeah. A lot of these, the artifacts and the spells, I would only choose if I'd already committed to having my army from Gur. 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 It's like a consolation prize. I'm like, I know I'm picking Gur. I know I need it for this reason, and I don't have anything to do with my wizard or my other hero. So I'll just pick something else to fill in the gap. Uh, yeah, other than that, Andra here's that I really like. I don't think there's anything from Gur that I would choose. Yeah, but Gur is still. Really exciting place to have your army from. Thematically, oh, yeah. I would absolutely love to put an army together that was from Gur. I think that if I was ever going to do a Skaven army again, I would love to do a Skaven army from Gur. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that would be fun. Skaven from the Realm of Beasts with all these. They've got some inexpensive heroes that so I can put these neat weapons on and some spell casters that are really important. Important spellcasters mm-hmm. that I need to keep alive. Yep. Uh, a Skaven army from Gur would be a lot of fun. What about you guys? Can you see putting your own armies from Gur? Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I could even see, like, even that last one going for a Arachnorok spider with a goblin shaman oh, on top. Oh, yeah. So I, he casts it. Mm. His model gets to re-roll failed charges. That's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. I'd take it. Yeah. The, the Arachnorok definitely reminds me of the uh, the elephants in uh, Return yeah. of the King. Yeah, yep, yep. Very much having the, the, the goblin, the grot shaman on top of there, like exactly. making the, uh, the spider charge yeah. in there. Yeah. What about corn? Uh, can you see bringing a corn or Slaves to Darkness army from Gur? Oh, I could totally see that you know what, I, what? I, I think more corn than anything else so yeah oh yeah so no i see i, I see corn more than anything else you know and you know coming from this um realm um because they're all about the skulls and what better i mean you get that vision of these giant humongous you know just just huge skeletal beasts that are just you know already decayed you know the the, the bone yeah. is bleached you know in these in these arenas and uh what better to present to corn than these giant skulls oh man yeah. if so, corn's already counting skulls oh yeah but do bigger skulls count more than multiple skulls like how many human skulls are worth uh like gargant skull oh, right no that, that's a good i want to see that math i want to see that spreadsheet so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which which yeah. corn uh, priest is doing that Excel? Oh yeah, no, that no. Excel file. We'll, we'll get it done. I'll make I'll make something up. All right, yeah. good. Oh yeah. Uh, what about uh, Nicholas? You've got so many armies on the go. Which which ones are from Gur? I think 
the uh, my green skins army is obviously you, from Gur. It's got to be. Thank I mean, you. How can you I not? Agree. No, how exactly. can you not yeah. have your orcs orcs from Gur? Yeah. Right. How how can I not? And even my goblins, like I don't have like an official goblins army yet. I have enough goblins to have a goblins army. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't made one yet. Gotcha. Um, they would be from Gur too, because yeah. they're wanting to always live up to the power of the oryx. You know, like yeah. They're they're always the grots are always wanting to show by their force that they can be as powerful as. The Oryx. Yeah. Um, and if not by force, by cunning. Yeah, and they have the they have the the beasts and they have the um they have that same mentality of like we just have to fight and we have to kill. Yeah. So I could see them coming from other realms too, just because of that nature of being in the caves and mm-hmm. being underground and things like that, but for sure. Greenskins from Gur all the time. All right, so modeling, sculpting, table building, yes, terrain. How do you show that your army is from Gur? I think my basing would be very rock based mm-hmm. with grass spritzed throughout. So Not again, like grass rock- based with rocks spritzed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's you're picturing a more of a wasteland than a lush landscape. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, that box of skulls from yes. GW. Uh, that's what I envision too. So, and, but, but, but I want to go like, you know, one step further and I want to do like, you know, rib cages that are just like, you know, ridiculous on the bases. And that might be like, you know, a hero base, you know, just where it's like, you know, just towering above <laughs> the hero, you know, and he's like marching through this, you know. Well, like that, that's what I envision. It'd be, I, I think it would be fun to go to a place like Joanne or Michael's and, and find get, like... Well, like a human rib cage. Oh, there we and go. And then a make true... it a terrain piece oh, yes. of a giant rib cage. That yeah. I'm also thinking about those like... Exactly. Um, I'm not using mine. Let's use some... Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. dinosaur dinosaur excavation yeah. play sets. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, where, yeah. You know what I'm talking That's about? Fun. Where the like is the place that where you're exactly. ex- excavating the yep. T Rex or the, yep. the the different dinosaurs. You can just like make those into bases. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and, and having those piles of skulls, of course, would yeah. make for great gur bases. Yes. Gur, the realm of beasts. That's gur. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. When it comes to sculpting, what about the table itself? Other than your own units having little like bone on all the the bases, what about the table? I've seen some. So let me start off with seeing some that yeah. I've seen some where people have just taken those very popular to take the um. Petland or those different pet stores, the yeah. the type of skeletons people put in fish tanks. It's I was thinking of that. I, I've seen so much of that. Well, actually, you know, like walking through the aisles, and I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. And yeah, the, you know, so, so surreal. Just uh, 
Yes, but you when know, I yeah. see it in a video, yeah, and I know it's from that fish tank yeah, aisle, I think it doesn't go. You didn't even try. You yeah, just bought exactly. that fish tank thing. Yeah, and those fish tank things are are expensive. They are expensive. They're not yeah. a lot cheaper than Warhammer stuff, no, exactly. and they look they're going to look the same on every table. If you're right. going to at least if you're going to pick one of those, at least paint it. At least yeah, do something true. to make it look a little bit true. more. Warm. Crack it in half. Yeah. 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 Mark it up. Yeah. Mark it up. Do yeah, something. Exactly. Do something. Yeah. Don't no. just leave it like it is. Make make some value out of your purchase. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. I I believe I've collected enough roadkill <laughs> to where you I could can... make something that looks. I, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Those that don't know Mark, Mark is really Mark and his family. They're they're you're really into collecting like real life skeletal remains. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. Not yeah. the creeper. It's not Texas Chainsaw no, Massacre. No, not, not, not It's not the like hills that. have eyes. No, no, no. But it's very much like skeletal remains. Uh, I want to get into rearticulation, and uh, have many, many things in jars. Yeah, and it's not creepy. It's an appreciation of nature. Yeah, you know, it's an appreciation exactly. of the real world. Yeah. But at the same time as saying that, I feel like I would have a hard time moving my Warhammer models across, like a like a possum carcass or something like that. I feel like that would be a bit. I would. <laughs> How about just don't tell us and just I will do not, it. I, I'm going to do it. Yes. I just don't I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and, and we'll, we'll post pictures. The suspension ah, of disbelief. Oh, yes. If someone has like a, a selection of fake bones yep. where they've created this like dead worm or dead dragon or something like that versus seeing a skeletal structure I recognize from a raccoon or a possum mm -hmm. that would be hard for my brain to hit that disconnect button to suspend my disbelief when I'm playing my game but be. yeah it's true but talking about these different cities from earlier that mm -hmm. that the gargant wastelands and the cities the uh, that have the uh, that the dead animals even in uh, Episode four of Star Wars. Oh yeah. When the stormtroopers are searching the desert, there's a big, the big crate dragon yes. skeleton across crate the desert. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. Yep. That's the kind of thing I like that it. I imagine in the realm of beasts, oh, as far absolutely. as like models on the table. So what that means is, Mark, mix your skeletons to not be recognizable with the matching bones. So yeah, take a skull from this animal and take a spinal cord and oh, I could totally other matching that. bones oh, from this animal. Yeah. That no way Adam can't look at it and go, can't. wait a second, wait that's a, a raccoon. That's a bloody possum. No, he would go like, wait, what? Where did that come what? from? Like, Or use the actual skeletal remains to like create a mold. And from that mold, oh yeah, you know, yeah. like... Mm -hmm. Like create some actual yeah. battlefield terrain, so I don't feel like I'm actually playing with a dead animal. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's, All right, that's we get this. I don't want to play with a dead animal. Uh, there you go. I have also um, places like Spirit Halloween Store and all these places that sell all these um, skeletal stuff and remains. There are there's this uh, I want to say 18 inch. 24 inch skeleton that they sell that I would love to like break apart to make terrain pieces for that gargant like um 
graveyard. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That whole terrain, this all that gargant graveyard. Plus, I would love to get some giant turtle shells yes. for that whole city that's from like the. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I want yeah. the turtle poop. The turtle poop. Yeah, that like turtles the size yeah. of a city, and then the uh, the Shit worms out there. No, exactly. Yeah. No, the great the city on the back of a worm. It's awesome. To have like a just a, like like a a table that like if you got near the edges you would start to slide off because you were you were on the edges of the worm. Yeah, I, you know, I you're stick gonna, to the middle to this city. I, I yeah. love it. Otherwise, love you're it. just gonna slide off. Because yeah. I I envision like all as a kid, you know, watching the old creature double feature movies, and it's all the monster movies like yeah. Godzilla. It's it's all like Monster Island right here. This is like everybody is out for one another. Everybody's killing each other. You don't know who's on your side or not. Most likely you're going to get killed after they, you know, you know, uh, uh, fight what you thought was the enemy. King Kong, Skull Island. Exactly. That's it too. Yeah. All right. So I feel like we've uh, covered it. Anything else about the realm of beasts uh anything else you guys want to talk about i think we covered it i think i want to play now i know i'm dying to play i'm dying to play some games and like get some monsters ready i have a that reaper model that looks kind of like a carmine dragon that i'm ready to drop in you guys faces let's do that no exactly i'll get the worm going Mm. yeah yeah paint that maw crusher worm oh yeah all right, uh, so this is the end of our episode about the Gur, the Realm of Beasts. And at the end of our episode, we like to sign off with the same appropriate to the Realm of Beasts orc saying. Yeah. <laughs> this has been an episode of Orlando. I am Adam. You can reach me as Orlando77 on Twitter or just Orlando on Instagram. You can reach Mark on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of OrlandoMark. You can reach Nicholas on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of OrlandoNick. Please leave comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And thank you very much for listening. Hand motion. I can't, yeah. Girl, the realm of beasts. The realm of beasts.